3: man. I'm sick of sense of feeling this is
0: how you remind me. I'm living in that 21st century doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen. Do it screams from the haters. Got a nice ring to it. I guess every
4: superhero need his thing me. One man to have all that power. The clock's ticking, I just count the hours. Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the
3: power. Welcome to so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. It is Wednesday. This is your Wednesday episode. We are halfway through the M F N week. I I am still in Arizona with my folks. You guys, I'm in Arizona. I I don't know. I it's hot as balls here. It's just hot as balls, and it's not even the hottest that it. it we're only in June. I think it's only like hundred and five or something. It is so oppressively hot out here, and. We were I was talking with my parents. I didn't grow up in this house, but I always seem to get stuck in the hot room. I don't know if you guys are like this with like anybody that you visit. It seems like any room I get put in and you know, yeah, you're like, Okay, yeah, of course it becomes the hot room when you get in it, Ryan, but I really feel like I'm I have this weird luck where it's like I get the room that for some everybody's like, For some reason that room's always just hot. I'm always in the hot room. So I just this is like a you're just damp all the time. Nobody wants to just be damp. Nobody wants to just have that fresh out of the shower feeling when they're trying to just relax. So uh, welcome to the show, folks. That, of course, was uh, Kanye West. Happy birthday, Kanye. His birthday was uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. Uh, I did not get him anything this year, but he does come up in this episode. Uh, This episode, I think, is going to be great. I think it's uh, going to be a little different in that uh, we're going to do some Bravo stories up top, and I... We're gonna unfortunately talk about real houses in New York for a second. We have got a uh, a little a little segment with our buddy Samaj from the MiM podcast who went to Hannah Berner's standup show, uh, I believe in Governors Island last weekend, and he gave a full review on that show. So we'll put that in there. But um, but also, I have uh, I watched the the premiere episode of The Bachelorette. And I have dabbled in Bachelor Nation for most of my life, (laughs) but uh, I don't know if we're going to do this all the way through the season. But I felt the need to not recap, but to talk about the, the season premiere of The Bachelorette because it's very important in that it ties in with the Chris Harrison story. It ties in with love. It ties in with, I don't know. I feel like it hits everything, but we have the perfect guest for that. So uh, you guys know Betches, right? That, that whole website group, they, they seem like they have their hands in everything. She is one of the co-hosts of The Bachelor, Betches Bachelor podcast, uh, K... Kay- York City and uh, she's amazing. We had the best time. I already can't wait to have her on again. Uh, I thought she just she knew the Bachelor Nation backwards and forwards. And of course, we talk a little Kardashians because that's why I, I played Kanye because it was his birthday today. Did you guys see the Kim Kardashian posts? Uh, on Instagram, to you know, say I'll you know I'll always love you, and it was a picture of you know them and their kids. And Khloe Kardashian uh, posted one with Tristan in the water, and it was like you're always family. And I I, I talk about in this podcast, I wonder sometimes what his mental state is, and I don't mean in the sense of uh, you know people are like oh is he crazy or not? No, I mean his mental state in the sense of you know how when you break up with somebody and you're like you it triggers you when they reach out to you like I want to know what kind of terms they're on where it's like is Kanye like how dare you Kim I, I had just forgotten about you and then you did this post like I want to know if he's like us you know also that of course was a mashup with the one and only Nickelback now don't be too cool for school people Don't be Leah McSweeney's here. Do not be too cool for school and say that you can't stand Nickelback. I get that it's fun to hate things, but what? What are we hating? That that, that they have catchy tunes? That they like to overuse power guitar? Well, you know what? I'm going to take a stand right now. I like Nickelback. I mean... I want to admit something to the So Bad It's Good audience, and I don't think this will surprise anybody, but I was I was thinking about, because of The Bachelorette, I was thinking about love, and, you know, of course, that leads to loss of love, and I was thinking, you know, my, my ex, I was like, there are, I was trying to think of the good things that go with ending uh, a long relationship, because it can be very painful, but the good thing, potentially, is that is one of the only people that knows that I owned Nickelback CDs, like I actually owned physical copies of I think two Nickelback albums. And it's sad. I think I asked for one for Christmas one year. Yeah. Yeah. The popular one. And the thing was, I'm I'm okay. Like as you get older you learn to lean into anything that you like, because who gives an F, right? But come on, you guys. Can we admit there is some catchy Nickelback songs? Just period there's not it's it's silly we would even have to argue about it it's offensive that I even have to talk my audience into this I'm just saying I'm not asking to everybody go to Nickelback concerts but I'm saying can we just admit they had the photograph song they had uh they had the other ones that I, I'm not I know but they're, they're definitely a handful of songs I have a funny Nickelback story actually uh, and, and not the one that where I admitted that I own a CD of theirs. I was at the Hollywood Bowl, uh, seeing some show. This is years ago, and I stepped out to get a drink, and I bumped into. Tom Sandoval and Ariana Maddox and and I know them a little bit but I think I I knew Ariana better than Tom at that point but Tom was like uh I was like oh yeah this is right and he's like oh yeah you know he was very Tom Sandoval he was very happy and excited as always but he told he all all of a sudden he he told this story because I had seen the night before he had went to a Nickelback show and he was backstage And Avril Lavigne was there because I think she was married to Chad Kroger, the lead singer of Nickelback for a time. And I said, Tom, I saw that you were at a Nickelback show. And I shit you not, this guy's eyes lighted up. He was like, they are so awesome, dude. They are so fucking rad. (laughs) And I remember thinking like, you know, at that point, especially Nickelback was mercilessly made fun of a lot. People really turned on Nickelback, and I know potentially we have a lot of young listeners, so they might not know the history of Nickelback, but they got very successful, and then people just started ragging on them and making fun of them, and their kind of music, uh, kind of that power rock pop thing kind of died out. Um, But I loved the fact that Sandoval was sitting there going like, I fucking love him, dude. Love him and i i i remember walking away going like i love that dude yeah we if you like something like it that is the whole that is the whole thesis statement of this show if you like it you like it it's so bad it's good but you still like it like it I, i that's just as valid it all works it all is gravy baby you know what i'm saying Oh, I'm getting too hippie-ish on the show lately. Um, how are you guys? Are you good? Are you? Are you? Is it? Is it hot where you are? I got to tell you, one of the only good things about Los Angeles lately is it, it it stays a relatively cool 73 degrees, and at night it gets like a nice, it's like breezy. It's really nice, and it's it's the opposite of Arizona. I I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, <laughs> I started this off. Of course, with Nickelback, but I need to move on to something uh, a little sadder. And I hope you guys will have empathy and give me space and grace. But I was in love with somebody over the last year. And I realized, I've realized lately over the last four or five weeks. That I I think I had changed. I I don't know. You know, it's like I don't even want to blame this person. Maybe I have changed. So what was once something that was a powerful feeling inside of me has dissipated. You know, is that I I don't feel the same way, and I and I, I felt bad. I was almost ready to ask my therapist, should I feel bad for feeling differently about somebody that I had such strong feelings for, and. Uh, of course, I go to BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp.com is a proud sponsor of this podcast. Use uh, BetterHelp.com forward slash so bad for ten percent off uh, your first month at, uh, at BetterHelp. But um, you guys, I think I have to officially break up with Leah McSweeney from Real Housewives of New York. This relationship isn't working for me. I'm. I think I. And by the way, it's it's me. It's my fault. I, it's, it's on me. The only, this is something, you know, I, this is my fault. This is not her fault, but I will say, uh, her acting like completely batshit crazy in these episodes didn't help. It did not help you guys. But what I saw in tonight's episode, and of course, I'll recap the full episode over at the Patreon, uh, this week. Um, but there were, there were, and I want to be uh you know i'm I'm joking to a degree, I'm trying to put a find a way to talk about this um, where we can have a laugh, but uh New York, I keep trying to make excuses for it, but tonight's episode to me, maybe it's just I think I might I'm getting to a point where I might need a break from housewives it's it's and 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 the funny thing is, it's nothing to do. Um, with any, it's nothing to do with these conversations around race or diversity. It's not. No, I I encourage that. I love it. I think these awkward, painful conversations end up potentially being better for us in the long run. I I I don't mind that. But what I do mind is these these bratty people that come in and just scream. And I don't know. I know that is a, a thing that's been in the housewives. Um, au revoir uh, for, since the beginning, but with Leah, especially tonight, it was very frustrating, because we had this really interesting conversation uh, in the beginning of the episode with Ebony and Luann, the holdover from last week, where we had this very important conversation, where Ebony got to explain her experience and why angry black woman is a trigger for her, and really really was very insanely well-spoken, and I don't mean well-spoken, so there was a scene, you guys, where Heather Holla-Thompson, after this insane, not insane, but, like, really good conversation happened, uh, everybody was, like, good, and Ebony was kind of, like, back in bed with Leah, and she goes, you are very well-spoken, by the way, Ebony, and Ebony was like, yeah, I've been told that a time or two, and then Heather left, and Ebony was like, that's kind of a microaggression as well, you know, just kind of that, that, and I don't, mean to say ebony's well-spoken i mean to say ebony's well-spoken in the sense of holy shit you're really smart and i i think you would think like i look at his ebony as smart and going like oh my god she would think i would be the she would think i'm the biggest idiot like i immediately was like oh my god i'm nowhere near smart as ebony and that kind of smart scares me uh in the best way possible but it is interesting with the ebony i don't know if you guys feel this way is i don't know like ebony is so smart that it's like i i don't even know if not i don't i'm trying to choose my words carefully i was almost i don't know if it's fair to the other lady she's even there because she literally highlights some that some of these ladies are idiots about so many things and i know that i hope they're learning from this but more so than ever we talk about that thing of somebody coming in and having to teach these people Uh, about basic concepts that a lot of us have known for entirety of our lives. And it's such a weird power dynamic because Ebony is just in a class by herself. And I know she's friends with Leah and gives Leah a lot of respect, but, like, Leah is a dum-dum compared to Ebony. Like, there was a scene at the end, you guys, where Ebony came in and said Heather Holla Thompson was... Uh, talking about how it was bothersome that Leah said that she might not even vote in this election. Yeah, Leah said she might not even vote. Like that was that typical thing, and I've heard that sentiment so much. But Ebony said, "Yeah, we were." Heather said she was disturbed by that, but then Ebony went on to say, "You know, and it's it's kind of upsetting to me because you have to realize this election is very important. It actually a lot of the things are on the table that, you know." Let me exist in this world as a black woman, and Leah just did not listen to that at all, and went. Heather said that to me. Heather. Heather said that about me. Heather. Heather commented on my voting, and then Ebony was like, "Well, yeah, but I would." And then Leah was like, "Fuck that! Fuck that! I'm going to talk to her," and went down and started screaming at Heather and called her a Karen and all this stuff. And I'm not even a big Heather Holla Thompson fan, but Heather kept her cool, and Leah just looked like a, a putz, a complete putz it was so frustrating and it made me think like i was like it is so crazy how i gassed her up so hard last season and i really i saw something so special and unique in her for that first season i think a lot of us did and now i'm confused as to who she is um and I know her grandmother is passing away. I know that. So there is that to be factored in. And so I am curious. I still am very curious about what happens the rest of this season. Is this just... Uh, but but part of me is kind of scared that maybe this is just who she is. And maybe who she was last year. You know, we saw this alcohol-fueled. Uh, we saw somebody sticking up to these ladies who, you know, hadn't been done in a while Bethany uh, Frankel was no longer there. We were all in a pandemic. I mean, the way we come to art, the way we come to these shows that we watch is very important. It's part of it. It's like another character. Where you're at when you watch a show can determine if it's a good show or a bad show for you and you alone. So when I was watching that, and I was trapped in my room, and I didn't know what was happening, that kind of brashness was so exciting. And at the same time, she said a lot of her fears. And I thought that honesty was amazing. But now to me, she seems like a spoiled rich kid. And I don't even think she's rich. But she's coming off like a spoiled rich kid. That brags about art and artists and cool things and cool kids, and I just don't love any of it. I don't love any of it, and it frustrates me because I I want to like her so bad. I want to uh, stand up for people uh, that I believe in, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm really second-guessing myself to, like, am I wrong? I feel like I could be completely wrong, And it frustrates me to be wrong, you guys. I don't like it. This is one of the only venues where I feel like I usually have a good grasp on what I believe. But I'm not going to lie to you guys either. I'm not going to keep pushing this. But I keep having this thought of like, oh, I'm going to all of a sudden get permission to interview Leah. And I'm going to be like, I don't know at this point what I'm going to say, you know. Well, I might say something like this. I liked you at first When you threw the tiki torches In the first season I thought that was super cool But lately It's gotten weird I don't think I like your fashion anymore And You seem to make every scene about you And say weird problematic things And hide Behind Ebony's grace When you can't really stick up for yourself Without screaming I just don't know If that's a person that I should be with, because I'm trying to work on myself. that on that, you can go your own way, Leah. I am done. I can only speak by... By the way, I let songs do my heavy lifting. I And by the way, <laughs> you guys would die about how long I even took to find those songs. Like, I went through so many breakup songs, and I don't even think End of the Road really hit what I was trying to say, but it was getting, it's like one in the morning. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. I was going through all of these breakup songs. And then I was like, I think I'm starting to make myself sad over this stupid Leah bit. And anyways, so yeah, I'm bummed. I don't think I I really, this is one of the weirdest flameouts I've seen in Housewives history. In fact, I wrote this earlier and I wrote this about Leah. It says, Leah seems to be skating by on some sort of quote unquote, cool factor that we, and when I say we, I mean me, all told her she had last season. And at the same time, this season, she's co-opting Ebony's experience to protect her spiraling in one of the biggest flameouts I've seen in Housewives history. And that makes me sad because uh, it does. I feel like she's then using like Ebony is saying kind of these beautiful uh, her experience as a black woman, a very important thing. And this is this goes. I don't. Because I'm not saying that I think Ebony is fits in perfectly with the cast. She doesn't. I don't think she does. In fact, I, I think after watching tonight's episode, I was like, this is a mess. And I don't know how you fix it. And the, the five ladies instead of seven or eight, it really just, it's too much when I start agreeing with Ramona. When there was a point towards the end, Ramona was like, oh my God, just stop the yelling from another room. She's like, I'm so sick of it, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Ramona is dead on. We should never agree with Ramona, people. We should never agree with Ramona. How weird of a world that we're in. But I feel like Ebony is sharing real things that have happened to her. And it's a very important conversation. And I don't mind that conversation. I think people, um, some people in the Bravo universe are like, oh, I'm tired of having these situations happen, which is just so weird. It's like, well, that's life. That's what these shows do. They kind of hold a mirror up to reality and you do get to see bizarre personalities and human behavior, but I think it is cool that we get to kind of hold a mirror up to what society is in today's day and age, but it is hard when I don't know if these women are even on the same field as Ebony at all. Like, I just don't know if it's fair to anybody involved and I'm excited to watch the rest of the season, even though I feel exhausted right now. Um, And I don't know. So, you know, and, but Leah is is one of my big problems. And I, I, I keep saying maybe it's just the grandma. But I feel like I'm almost gaslighting myself in some weird way. I don't know. In fact, there was like, after Real Housewives in New York, by the way, they, they didn't air it twice tonight, like they usually do. Instead, they, they aired four hours of Chris Lee knows best. And folks, I got to tell you, when when I look at Chrisley Knows Best after Real Housewives in New York and go, thank God, you know there's a problem. Chris, Chrisley Knows Best, why the fuck is it even on Bravo at all? It's not a Bravo show, and for some reason, they rerun it all the time. It's so frustrating, but tonight, it was like a welcome release. It was it was either that or like I pray for death. It was either watch Chrisley Knows Best after New York or just pray for the sweet release of death. You know what I'm saying? And I watch Chris Lee Knows Best. It's a horrible show, folks. Horrible show. But at least I didn't have the bullshit of Leah running around acting like she was being put upon. Um, I'm going to, of course, speak more on this because I did. The other thing that's frustrating about that is that there were so many things, important things, that were said in the first couple of scenes with Ebony that it took me like 45 minutes just to get the first 20 minutes, like, note-taking. Because I was trying to write it down verbatim because I – it out of respect for what she was trying to say. I was like, I shouldn't paraphrase this in any sort of way. But it was like, it's frustrating to me when it's like things are happening so quickly and so much dialogue that's important that I have to really like pause, rewind, pause, rewind. And then when you're pause, rewinding that much, you're like, what am I doing with my life? This is so bizarre. Um, Also, oh yeah, so this... Leah, obviously, uh, sorry to keep harping on Leah, you guys, but uh, I wanted to read something because Leah must have known she mu- what they usually do with these shows with the cast. They'll give them a couple days beforehand um, so they can watch the episode. So I'm not sure exactly when Leah got this, but I think it was probably sooner, like, you know, in the last couple of days. Because when I had woken up uh, from my beautiful slumber, I noticed on Leah's story she had posted a notes app. Uh, not a notes app apology, but just a notes app uh, verbiage thing here. Verbiage thing. What is it even is this? Um, oh, she deleted it. Oh, no, no. Here it is. Okay. So this was 18 hours ago. Okay. So she, she goes, I am seeing a narrative emerge that I'm not comfortable with and thus, thus feel the need to speak out. Heather was unable to forge natural connections with any of the women and... And that is why she discontinued filming. Everything that she's been saying about me in the press these last few weeks bears no resemblance to reality. I took issue with her from the beginning because I'm not a fan of a disingenuous person. She says one thing in the press and another to people's faces. Say what you mean, mean what you say. I never once lied to her or about her. It's no secret that I was having a hard time on the trip due to a tremendous personal loss that I was dealing with in real time. Heather was well aware of this and acknowledged it. I apologized to everyone for being aggressive and squashed it, including with Heather. <clears throat> to now have her out in the press spinning lies about me while openly attacking my mental health and sobriety journey and falsely accusing me of assault is wrong, dangerous, inappropriate, and a sad attempt to save face simply because she couldn't hang Cut It on the show. You will see all of this play out in the coming episodes, see for yourself. There are some historic issues that we address this season that are far more important than trying to keep Heather relevant, which are being clouded over. God damn See damn it Leah you're right there are far more historic issues but you're clouding them over you're just as much a part of this as he- heather you're clouding them over by your behavior am i going crazy am i the only one seeing this i feel like am i like is this me being like a weird dude i don't know like i feel like this is so clear um she goes i'm proud of this season it was an incredibly tough time to film There was a lot of heaviness in the air, and yet we did it in our own way. In closing, Heather has accomplished nothing but proven my point. The entire reason I took issue with her in the first place has now happened to me come full circle. She defames women to lift herself up. I won't allow myself to be dragged down in this dumb bullshit because she can't be honest about why she really stopped filming. Now, I... Like, Heather is annoying in her own right. I'm not, like, a, like I keep saying, I'm not even a fan of Heather. So that's why it's so bizarre to have to, like, disagree with Leah here. And I'm curious to see what else happens in these remaining episodes uh, with Heather and and what continues. Because I watched Watch What Happens Live tonight, and Ebony seems to hint uh, and Andy that, like, this even explodes further between Leah and Heather. So we'll see. But there is now a game that's being played in the press. I'm not super aware of all the Heather quotes. So maybe somebody could send that to me about what Leah is referring to. But what I'm seeing with my own two eyes from this filming is Leah actively not liking Heather from the jump. We saw that from the beginning with the podcast quotes. But even tonight's episode, Heather was like, you're so mean to me. Like, you just don't give me a break. You're so mean to me. And that is what I'm seeing as well. And by the way, Heather is annoying on a whole nother level. Like, she does. She says annoying shit. She wants to be in the right. She brought up, like, Puff Daddy and Beyonce in terms of her knowing the black experience. It's weird. But what I'm seeing from Leah is just, like, a weird tornado of energy directed in the wrong way. And it's clouding important issues that Ebony is talking about. And that is my main issue. And luckily, Ebony really likes Leah. So she's letting this happen. But in a way, it completely clouds some of what Ebony is trying to say. So I don't know. That's that on that. Also, on Watch What Happens Live tonight, uh, Casey Wilson was on. I love uh, Casey Wilson. But they they played this, uh, you know, if somebody was a dad I'd like to fuck, a DILF. And Jax Taylor was on, and Casey and Ebony, who was on as well, both said, hell no. And Andy said he would want to fuck Jax. And they were like, Andy, are you kidding? And Andy was like, well, early Jax. And then he said something like, well, you know, I... I have to say things like that or something. He kind of made some excuse. Also, Casey said this hysterical joke about Kathy going, Andrew, she goes like, Andrew, we had Kathy Hilton there all along and we had to put up with Teddy. We had to put up with Teddy for all these years and Kathy was there all along. And I thought that was so brilliant because by the way, at the end of the day, we see Teddy trying to like desperately keep attaching herself to these Beverly Hills ladies, especially with her podcast. They keep going on her podcast. And um, I believe we're on the same podcast network. Hi, Teddy. Yeah, hope Hopefully you'll come on the show. But um, nobody wants that. Like, I'm glad she's forged these strong friendships with the females. And I hope that that's enough for her. Because I don't want to see her on the screen. Like, I have no desire. And Teddy is trying to insert herself. But... To me, it cracks me up because Kathy Hilton even, remember when uh, uh, Kyle had that Instagram the other day with Teddy in it, and (laughs) Kathy had no idea who she was, and she wrote it. She's like, who's the lady dancing in the background? Classic Kathy, you guys. Classic Kathy. I love her. Um, Below Deck, you guys. I'm going to talk about Below Deck, Sailing Yacht, uh, a little bit more at length uh, at a different time with a guest, but I want to just really quick, because I did a post about this, that uh it's very it's a very exciting season i really love below deck uh sailing yacht this season um but one of the reasons why i like it uh is because we have this romance on the yacht uh between jl or jean jean luke uh between jean luke and uh danny and we know that Danny just gave birth to a baby. I am here to tell you that that baby is allegedly j l s so it is so eerie to watch a show on Monday's episode. JL's begging Danny to like you know be with him and she's like no you're you're too young, and I'm in my thirties, and blah, I'm ready to have babies and get married and and They, She even like, you know, well, hey, we'll just have sex and see what happens. And if we have a baby, it's meant to be. And then she fucking did get pregnant. And that's why these shows sometimes really work because we see the aftermath. So it's like watching a prequel to some like dramatic event. But the reason why we know, and I hear that this will come out on the reunion, you guys. So that's very exciting. But JL's mom has been in some of the Facebook groups. And I believe from what has been pointed out to me has made some comments about how danny has ruined his life and that uh you know danny of course if you notice has made a point to say you know it's just her and the baby her and the baby so it is so dark to think about this relationship and then he potentially is not going to be in this child's life it is really really dark so i'm i'm very interested to hear more about that gary Uh, Gary, who the two ladies on the boat seem to be fighting over, which is just insane and goes to show you in confined spaces, uh, not unlike The Bachelorette, where they're just in one hotel area. It kind of makes you fall in love with weird ass people like Gary, you know? (laughs) Um, Okay, so what is next, folks? Ah, uh, yes. Uh, I got a lot of people that had uh, have been talking about Hannah Burner, of course, from Summer House. Uh, remember, folks, if you don't want to hear what I'm about to do or anything on the show, use the timestamps because you can skip right to the Bachelor section or any section that you want. Um, that's what the timestamps are there for. But I think a lot of you guys will enjoy this next segment. Uh, one of my friends uh, that has been on the pod before, he is a uh, fantastic young gentleman I really sound like a talk show host there. Uh, his name is Samaj Bloodson. Uh, you might know him from the podcast Me, I Am. Um, and what was so cool was that he came on the podcast... Because he had found me during COVID and then went back and listened to the entire catalog. And if you know me, you know those were like long episodes. And he listened to everything. And he came on and he gave me uh, what he liked, what he didn't like. And he was just really uh, very entertaining. And I said, you will have a podcast um, one day. And that, that, that day came sooner than we thought. And he has his own podcast now called Me, I Am. And I was on the first episode, but he has Margaret Josephs on Friday. So he's already doing better than I am. I mean, but he... uh he was on the patreon because he took uh he did a boots on the ground at margaret joseph's book tour and i put that up there yesterday but he also went to hannah burner's stand-up show last weekend and he uh he was boots on the ground for us so here is my interview with samaj about his experience at hannah burner's stand-up show now of course hannah burner was the person who was a cast member of summer house until recently here is samaj you know, you, met, I think mentioned this, but then you sent me a picture on Friday night and I was on the phone with some, I was on the phone with Sarah, Sarah Galley, yeah. actually. And I was shocked because you guys, I looked down and he had texted me a photo from the side of a comedy club where Hannah Burner was on stage and he was at uh, her standup show. and where, where was the standup show at? So this
4: was on Long Island at Governor's Comedy Club in Levittown, and yes, I sent Ryan Bailey
3: a picture of Burn Dog live on stage. And so I, <laughs> okay, so you watch this entire season of Summer House. So you watch this season of Summer House and you're like, I need to see that stand-up. Like, this, I, I need to be there if this girl's doing stand-up. That She's hysterical. <laughs> like, that was, you're like, I gotta support, this is so funny, <laughs> I've gotta support this. Is that what well, what is the thought that goes when you're like I'm going to purchase these tickets? What I mean what is the thought process? Oh great,
4: great question, Glad <laughs> you asked. So I did watch this whole season of Burn Dog burning slowly and I did not think, oh that that was so funny and so good have to see it. Um I bought that ticket because Wait, did you buy? Did you buy the ticket years ago? Is that what happened? Oh no, no, no! I bought it like <laughs> I bought it like yeah, like 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 a few days yeah. before. But oh, no, okay. um, after watching the reunion, then learning she got fired, and now hearing how she's trying to like you know separate and distance herself, I'm like, all right, you know what? You're not terribly out of my way. It's not a hundred dollars or a ticket. There's nothing like extra. You say you're funny. You say you're a comedian. Let me see what you got. It's twenty dollars. You're 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 a woman in comedy. Let me support.
3: How much was the ticket?
4: It was $29.
3: That is reasonable. Was there like a two drink minimum on top of that? Yeah,
4: uh, food and drink. It just any two items off the menu.
3: Okay. And did you go by yourself?
4: No, I got to take my friend Madison. Madison. Um, not, <laughs> not, Madison. Not the one. <laughs> Madison. What are you? I just- can't not do it. <laughs> every time uh, yes, we're with
3: that southern charm you guys when she walked in on austin having a threesome uh, allegedly um so you go all the way out to levittown and you go in cold you don't know what hannah's stand-up is to this nothing time,
0: right?
3: and not a clue It's advertises hannah burner and by the way i mentioned this on the pod i give her credit she says it's it, on the ads i believe it says hannah burner from the burning in hell podcast mm-hmm. nothing about her being on summer house and she's you know going out there on her own and um i believe like who was the opener opening act on this
4: okay so she has two opening acts the first opening act is our host a girl who is very funny her name is olga namer and her Ol- you know, olga namer mhm okay. olga namer and her her set comprises of real stories from her own real life you know nothing borrowed nothing blue all new And her story is like, you know, she was raised an Orthodox Jewish girl and um, her set chronicles her life from, you know, growing up in that uh, teenager, her marriage, her divorce, and now dating as, you know, a single and unorthodox Jewish woman. So one joke that like really stuck stuck out to me was um, she says, you know, I was married at 17 and, um, you know. It was cool. She's like, you know, I got an allowance. I got to move out the house. I got to have sex. And she's like, you know, all my other friends like, oh my God, you got married. You should be going to school. You should be going to college. And so, you know, when we all turned 21, my friends were, you know, fresh out of college with debt. And she's like, and I was fresh. (laughs) She's like, I was fresh out of marriage, getting a divorce and getting alimony. She's like, so who won now? (laughs) And um, yeah, no, she did really good. Um, Did Did that joke go over well? It did. She had laughing
3: the whole way through. Did she you notice? Opened, if, did did Hannah steal that joke later in the show? She did not. But okay.
4: um, no. Uh, what do you call it? Um, Olga also told us that uh, she opened for Chelsea Handler. Like she had just came off a tour opening for Chelsea, and it's funny because so that was this Friday, June June fourth. Two weeks ago, I had seen Olga at the Comedy Cellar in New York City in Manhattan on like a women's accident. Cause my friends had taken me out for my birthday. i came to New York for my birthday and we just wanted to see a combination. We had tried to see Des, but his show was like sold out. No standby. Nothing. You're
3: thinking of Des Bishop who was is, is Hannah's fiance. Yes.
4: So, uh, because that was so that we went to the club next door and Olga happened to be one of the people playing. So that was my second time seeing her same set. This one was a little longer with Hannah, but again, still very funny. Two weeks later, still funny. So I enjoyed that. And Vince is like, all right, so I'm your host, but here's your opening act and lo and behold our opening act was desmond bishop
3: now was that a surprise or did they advertise that as the surprise
4: complete surprise
3: okay so because i had heard somewhere that that they were throwing him on the bill to sell tickets because she couldn't sell it out oh you that was a surprise no i'm (laughs) not i know i I, I read that somewhere but maybe that was a different show um and by the way des bishop is well is more well known in the stand-up community correct Yes,
4: overseas in Ireland, which he talks about. So his set was like really entertaining. Again, similar to Olga, it's his story, his life. He's not, you know, stealing material. It's all like his own story. So his story is that um, you know, he's like um 45, he has been sober for twenty-five years, he had uh cancer, and um he did like some some um some COVID stick. So like, you know, he, he, acts as like, all right, you know, raise your hand if you got the vaccine. He's like, you know, he's like, where are my Pfizer girls at? Where are my Moderna girls? Like, you know, all those little jokes. He said, uh, when he was in line to get his vaccine, cause he got it early. He said the old people behind him would ask him, Oh, are you a teacher? Cause the way he dresses, he had like a, a suit jacket on and a t-shirt and like khakis. And he's like, no, I'm not a teacher. He's like, I'm a cancer survivor. He's like, you know, I had a testicular cancer. So he told us when he was 24, he was diagnosed with, um, testicular cancer and the doctor's like we recommend we remove the one that is infected and um he's like okay sure fine so he uh lost his one ball and he's like you know it's fine it's not a problem the other one still works i got it and in my head i'm like well you should have asked carl for one because he's got
3: three (laughs) so that is true you guys if you don't carl has three balls that's how that's how perfect carl is yeah Uh, and then he said he lived in
4: China for six months where uh, his job was to be a greeter in a in a restaurant. I forgot the phrase he said, because I don't know Chinese, but um, he said he would say it all the time. And like all the Chinese people that came into the restaurant would say, oh, your Chinese is so good. Good for you. Good job. But kind of like, you know, patronize him. And he's like, you know, and we don't do that here in America. He's like, you know, when Chinese people go into America and they ask us the questions, we don't say, oh, your English is so good. He's like, maybe we should. He's like, you know, maybe he's like, maybe that feels nice. And you know he just goes to recite again, talking about the cancer, the COVID. He said when he was 14, um, he got kicked out of St. Francis uh, High School in Queens. So his mom sent, sent him to Ireland. He got kicked out for drinking too much. Like he was an alcoholic at 14. Oh, wow. And he's like, he's like, it was a bad idea to go to Ireland. He's like, you know, I'm going to the Olympics for alcohol over there. He's like, so now when I go to play as an adult and I tell them I'm sober, I get booed off the stage. And when I go to my a meetings over there, I get protested at. He's like, oh, you can only have one drink. You're fine. So he talks about his journey through all that. And that's was funny. I definitely laughed during this How Des's long set. was
3: his set? About 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Okay. And so, and, and, and was it, uh, how many people are there? Was it sold out? How do you, I mean, what, what was the, uh, attendance like?
4: So not sold out, but it was definitely like, you know, full. A, a full room. Yeah. Okay. Uh, each table maybe had about like maybe four spots, not seated.
3: And what I noticed too, uh, going to things or even I went to bowling with my, my dad's friends this morning and, uh, everybody's really excited to be out again for the most yes. part. I mean a little nervous, but people seem to genuinely it I figure it would almost help comedy even more because people are looking to potentially laugh. You know, that's
4: the thing now, Yeah, know, like, uh, as we know, like a lot of our musicians are not going back out on the road to like the fall or early yeah, next I'll, year, uh, but yeah, yeah. comedy shows are like popping up all over now. I'm even getting stuff for back home in DC. So I might, you know, venture down there and see what's going on. But, uh, yeah, things are happening.
3: Did, um, did he mention summer house or his relationship to Hannah during his set at all?
4: Um, no closest to about, he said, you know, and then I met Hannah burner, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and and she dragged me into her crazy little world, but it was like very brief. Yeah. And then he rolls out, and then we finally get to moment we've all been waiting for, <laughs> Burn Dog.
3: And what, did, what, did, what, did, what, what music did she get brought out to? Nothing. It was just
4: like the club's uh, Please Welcome. Uh, yeah, okay, got it. Yeah, no, nothing special. And um, had I known <laughs> what I was going to get, I may have uh, taken more bathroom breaks than what I allowed myself because because <laughs> what why? you know what let me say this she looked great Hannah looked really good she had on nice makeup her hair was done had on a very nice black Hannah looked very very good and you know good. what Ryan that's half the battle looking well, good I mean,
3: honestly it is I mean I feel like that's this you know style over substance a lot of the times with anything if you look good that really does a lot of the some of the heavy lifting for people you know
4: Hannah looked amazing let Le- Hannah looked very very good let me Hannah. She won't go. <laughs> so um, she's
3: already winning. She's already winning.
4: Yes. Um. And one might raise the question as you as you just asked me. You know, did Des mention the show? Did Des mention anything about uh you know her being quote unquote famous, or whatever? And he didn't. And as we know, Des is also a comedian, and I think maybe he wants her to. Maybe not continue. Maybe he wants to fail a little bit because uh, her routine, uh, maybe you wouldn't know that she's ever been around any other comedian with the way that went. Why? What happened? So she started off, you know, just talking about herself briefly. And then when it got time to tell the jokes, a lot of these jokes were not jokes. It was um, a lot of recycled content, a lot of like, you know, memes that are, you know, relatable things of that nature. Wait, what do you
3: mean? She like explained memes?
4: Um, no, she would take a meme and kind of present it as a joke to us. Perfect example. She says she was on a hinge date once and she was reading a guy's profile. And in his profile, it says, if you don't like the office, then we can't, then we can't date. We can't be friends. And her big wait for it, her response to that was, liking the office is not a personality trait. How many times have we seen that meme or like that post somewhere?
3: Oh, wait, that was the punchline? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, that's not
4: original no we've seen that like a thousand times but
3: you know what that's really fascinating because you know we know that hannah is relatively new to stand up or like you know the last couple of years right where you almost if you live online you would almost think that is what comedy is is the memes that we see so it almost would make sense where she would think that's what jokes are you know
4: yeah but then even if that's the case let them be your memes, not ones that have been stolen and reposted by everyone else for like the last, you know, two years. Another one she did, she did that kind of like, you know, breaking down the Disney princesses. She's like, you know, Cinderella lost her shoe because she was drunk or, you know, poor Snow White living in a house with seven men. How awful is that? Yeah. Or, you know, like, um, what do you call it? Uh, you know, uh, poor Mulan, you know, she just wanted to be like, you know, better, better than the boys. So like, you know, little things like that. One thing that I did enjoy about was like original was that um as any comedy show, sometimes we'll have a heckler. So like, you know, um when she was telling the Disney jokes that were not landing, she would go, Oh, and you know, back to the anti Disney club over here, or you know, when she was telling her dating jokes, back to the anti-love club over here, there was like this one group of hecklers to her right. So she would just be like, Wait, oh, like they
3: would they would actually heckle her? Like they yeah. would
4: like say, mm-hmm. What were they doing? They were like Honestly, I couldn't tell what they were saying, but the fact she kept like darting back over them, like, "Oh, am I anti blah 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 club over here?" Like whatever section of yeah, her show yeah, yeah. she was on, and they were like not feeling that section. She's like, "Right, well, my club over here, you know, the anti <laughs> the anti love club." So that was kind of funny. And then when she talked about um her wedding, um she said, you know, uh, she's like, "I just picked out my dress. It's gonna be in West Hampton. and uh, I don't know if I'm invited to other people's weddings, but everyone's invited to mine." That kind of oh, little thing. Oh, Amanda Kyle. Yeah. How long was her set? I'd say like a solid 30, 35 minutes. 30,
3: 35. uh, Did she take any questions from the audience?
4: At the very end. And that was very interesting because she was ready to answer our questions. But Desmond was like very much like a gatekeeper. Like if someone asks a question, he would like kind of yank the mic for her and like like away from like, we're not talking about that. Next question.
3: Why was Des on stage with her for that? I
4: guess to keep her wrapped up. So and like he would let her
3: ask the. I mean, what kind of questions were asked?
4: So if someone tried to ask like a shady question about the show, or you know, like ask her how she felt about a certain cast member, or you know, something she did, he would like interject very quickly and like kind of like not allow that question. So I'll tell you some of the questions that did go yeah, through. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um so one question was obviously the wedding you know are you invited to kyle and amanda's are they invited to yours she's like i don't know i haven't heard from them but everyone's invited to my wedding someone asked her what's your favorite flavor of lover boy she's like i don't know i guess the mango one she's like she's like honestly they all make me half the shit so you know, <laughs> yeah yeah again you know what
3: that that does make me laugh the fart jokes the humor you know did she talk about her did she talk about her butthole at all
4: she did yeah mm-hmm. of course she did oh yeah um so, so someone asked her, um, what's the craziest thing you've, you, you've done uh, with this sexually?" And she's like, she's like, I licked his butthole. So, <laughs> you know, we had, we had a little bit of that and then someone asked her, what's been your interaction with other Bravo Levery since, you know, being let go. She's like, Oh, well, you know, uh, She's like, you know, I met Teresa. She was very nice. She asked me how I was doing. She's like, I texted uh, Luann. And Luann said, oh, you know, I, she's like, I hope you're okay. She's like, and then I asked her how she was doing. And she said, oh, great, fun, fabulous. My season's going great. And she's like, <laughs> oh, okay. No, sure, sure, sure. And she's like, you know, I haven't met Ramona, but, you know, I would love to. Wait, you,
3: you, you just saw this show this uh, past Friday, right? hmm Yeah. Man, I, I'm guessing Luann uh, texted that before this past week's show where she was just awful.
4: Or, you know, maybe in Lou, maybe well, in her head, it doesn't fine.
3: even, yeah, Luanne has no clue. Yeah,
4: it's all fine for her all the damn time. So, um, you know, it is what it is. And then, um, someone asked her, um, how does she feel about the call her daddy fights? And she says, uh, she's friends with the girl Sophia, and she doesn't really know about the other drama. And she'll so explain uh,
3: that the call her daddy fights was when the two girls started that podcast and they split up, which was. During COVID, and then the one girl just mm-hmm. kept going, and they both split off into different podcasts. Is that that's what they were asking about? Yeah,
4: mm-hmm. and she's actually they were asking her like, "Who's side are you on?" And she's like, "You know, I know Sophia. She's a great girl, and you know, she's like, I'm glad that she's keeping it going. I wish her the best."
3: Okay, and did you ask a question?
4: I did. I asked her who was her next guest on Burning in Hell. I don't remember. I can't tell you, but uh, she's like, "Oh, finally, a good question."
3: Oh, nice. But, but funny enough, you don't remember the answer. Couldn't tell you. If, <laughs> if, if, you put, if you put a, if you
4: put a gun to my head, RRP me.
3: So I, and I really want to ask this, like, honestly, cause I don't, You know, you do not have to worry about what I've said about Hannah in the past or what anybody said about Hannah in the past. Right? Like honestly, don't like what your honest reaction to this as a stand-up show. What did you think? I mean, I know you've already kind of hinted at it, but like, what was your overall review of this as somebody that sees a lot of shows? And if you take the Bravo out of all of it,
4: Mm. so see I. That that's the issue. I don't think I could take the Bravo out
3: of all of it. I don't think I would know a Hannah Bird without the Bravo. No, of and, course, but I'm saying like as can you divorce the oh, since you really didn't talk about Bravo until the very end. Yeah, okay. What was that like?
4: So overall I would say it wasn't funny there were moments where i did laugh or smile but i think that was i think that's all attributed to that this is hannah burner from summer house if this was a regular person telling this i don't think i would have connected or maybe i would have maybe i was expecting more because it was hannah who who has always been marketed as a comedian or as the funny girl maybe i was expecting more but um the first half of the set it was better than the latter half when it was like you know office is not a personality trait disney princess is this you know and then, like all like the poop jokes, you know, holding in a fart and like all that stuff. So I don't know. I will say. Hey, wait, the opening wait, wait, act- wait! wait I
3: did the holding in a fart. I didn't. I don't think I heard that.
0: Joke.
4: Yeah, no. So she was like, you know, she's like, you know, when I'm on a date, she's like, I'm thinking about when I can fart. I'm trying to hold it in. She's like, or you know, like <laughs> when a guy is going down on me, I'm trying not to fart in his face. Oh, you like- know, just just like her regular, you know, Thick, dirty yeah, joke yeah, humor. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I will say the funniest person was the opening act, Olga. She
3: was the funniest person. Sometimes the people that host those things really are because they're like deep in the clubs. And the thing with like Hannah is, is, is the thing is, I think what I hear about stand up comedy, like anything, even in podcasting is that the more you do it, the better you get. I think the mistake potentially is selling headlining things when you're not a headline. You're not ready. You're capitalizing on your name, but you're not headliner ready where that's why somebody like Dez has been in the clubs and has been doing stand up for like close to like over a decade you know so that i think so in a way you know i guess she has to do this to capitalize on her name right. but i sometimes wonder is it the i'm really taking away my thoughts about her this last season is it the smartest thing to do when you know she really could get really good if she keeps she going could. but is it good to be a headliner before you're a headliner um, so probably not,
4: but I think it's good to do it now when like, you know, we're not open to the world where like, you know, let's say this was two years ago. Um, and we were selling tickets regularly. She might not have sold enough to have a show, but I think, cause now everything is limited and, you know, things are smaller and like more kind of batch style. I think it's a good way to kind of, you know, get that out. And maybe, and maybe she can find her rhythm and get better. Like I'm sure, you know, like like you said, if, if she spends time and really, really digs in yeah. and works on the craft, I'm sure she can be a very, very funny girl. And I mean, stand up, she even, was funny to other people.
3: I don't but know. even facing the audience itself is a victory in some weird way because that is really such a tough part of stand up or any kind of theatrics is, you know, getting in front of that crowd. Um, but I mean, was there? I guess was there a lot of awkward moments where everybody was just silent?
4: no and let me tell you why because because um, she was farting the whole time right i wish no um so the reason why there was no awkward silence because one of the first things she said was giggly squad where are my gigglers at and the whole room just ah, So the everyone, Squad. yes yeah so like she had she had, she had like her built-in her built-in laugh track so everyone was like pretty much there for her, but mostly for diehard Giggly Squad fans. So I think, again, if it was a regular show, you know, she wasn't this, you know, um, big, big Bravo personality. It was like, you know, maybe just her. It might not have gone over so well.
3: I do wonder if, you know, I mean, I wonder this with any performer, but I wonder if Hannah walks away from that show thinking, holy shit, I'm Dave Chappelle. Or if she's like, oh man, like that was rough, you know? Good question. Uh, You know I'll send her a tweet. How'd you feel about your show on Friday night? Are you going to approach her to be on your podcast? Not joking. No,
4: no, 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 no.
3: (laughs) I would ask Olga. I love that you went away all the way and did this. That is really amazing. Any other things about the night uh, that stands out to you? What were they selling Hannah Burner merchandise?
4: No, there was no merch table. But what I will say is that the venue's bathroom was scary. It was like, One red light. And it was like one of those uh, bathrooms that you got to take a step down to get into. And it was so dark. I like tripped down the steps. I couldn't even see like the stall. It was so dark. It was scary. But only benefit to that was there was no pee shyness because you really you couldn't even see your hands in front of your face.
3: I just talked about that last week. I was uh, you did. next to somebody and I'm not used Thanks to, for like, speaking pee- up. I'm not used to pee shyness again of where it was like, Oh my God, I'm incapable of peeing around anybody. Like I wait for the stall to be open so I can just like, just be free, you know?
4: Absolutely. Yeah. No. So that was the only benefit. And I will say the French fries were very good. I had cheese fries and I had a Heineken zero and it was uh very good.
3: That's amazing. So Samaj Bledson, ladies and gentlemen from the me, I am podcast. Go check it out. Um, this is truly a variety show, folks. This is truly a variety show. Um, we're gonna go into our bachelorette section uh, of the podcast now. Uh, I wanted to mention real quick. Uh, our my next sk. I talk about how we know each other, but is through our friend Janet. Um, and Janet is. I, I forgot to tell this story on Monday, but on Sunday I was at my parents' house, and Janet texted me, and said. Pick up your Facetime right now. Pick up your Facetime right now, and I was like, "Oh my God, what's ha- what's happening?" And I pick it up, and she goes, "Hey, hey, somebody wants to say hi to you." And she flips the camera, and it's Angela from Ninety Day Fiance, from Angela and Michael. Like, Michael, come on, Angela. From 90 Day Fiance is all of a sudden on FaceTime and she's like, Hi. And I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, You look amazing. She's like, Oh my God. Thank you. And then I was like, I was like, uh, You know, because on the show this season, she's uh, got her like stomach stapled and she got uh, like a a lot of fat tissue removed from her breast. And I was like, And the doctor keeps saying she can't be smoking. And I was like, Angela, don't smoke. And she was like, Oh my God. I know, but I, no, no. And she was so cool and funny and, You know, possibility that you might be hearing her on here sooner rather than later. Who knows? Knock on wood, you know, or pray to the podcast gods. But also, it was so frustrating because then Janet was like, wait, where are you? You're out of town? I'm going to throw her a watch party for 90 Day Fiance, and I was going to say, you should come. And I couldn't go because of my stupid parents, you guys. Um, (laughs) but, uh, But then... I didn't go. And then she invited Jax and Brittany because she's kind of friends with them. And that's the only, that, you know, potentially is, you know, Brittany's whatever, but Jax, you know, my relationship with Jax, you guys. I can't, I just can't go. But, anyways, Janet is an amazing person and she was so nice to do that. It really blew me away. And then she texted me tonight or DM'd or something and she said, that they might be going to a strip club together. Could you imagine going to a strip club with Angela from 90 Day Fiancé? If you guys don't watch 90 Day Fiancé, it's a whole nother reality show that is just insanity. Uh, But anyways, Janet knows the coolest people, not only me, uh, but Angela and our next guest. Uh, She is just amazing. Uh, She hosts Betches the Bachelor podcast. She's one of the co-hosts of that. Super funny. She also is one of the senior uh, account social media managers for Gap. You know the little company called Gap, who just released the Kanye West Yeezy uh, information about the the first jacket that Yeezy is releasing. Um, but she just knows her her Bachelorette stuff backwards and forwards, and she was nice enough to join us for the next hour to talk all about this. Um, but also, I just want to really bring up real quick, because I didn't get to mention this, is that we talk about the host, because of course Chris Harrison uh, announced that he would not be returning to the uh, the Bachelor franchise and got an eight-figure payout. So don't feel too bad for Chris. Um, but I want to say that they replaced... Uh, him with Tasha and uh Caitlin Bristow, and they were it was a weird vibe, it was fine, they did good, but I think they were produced into. Being a little giggly and a little, I don't know. I don't know if that worked or it's going to work more than one episode, but it was creepy in its own way. And the only way way I bring that up is because Chris Harrison, like I've always said on the show, has its own form of creepy. Like if you watch the show and somebody was like having like a bad time, he would just pop out of the bushes and he'd be like, How are you? You don't look like you're doing good. Can I help? And the girls were like an amped up version of that. So I will give the girls credit. They were just as creepy as Chris Harrison, but in a different way. So uh, somebody that is not creepy is our next guest, K York City. You guys, I am so excited for my next guest because it kind of – I get to enter a world that I don't visit that often but I think is a very important part of pop culture and television history and also if you're a if you love love like I do uh, you guys know this show I know all of you guys believe in love and there's only one show on air that you can actually find love and I'm of course talking about the Bachelor franchise uh, but a couple of weeks ago I had the uh, the honor of going to a friends and family Tom Tom event with our, our good friend Janet and I uh, ended up sitting at a table with my next guest and she was funny as hell. And I was like, Oh, and then I would, anytime I meet somebody funny, I'm like, you should do a podcast. And it turns out she already does a podcast folks. And it turns out she does this for a living because not only is she a uh, senior social media manager, we'll find all, all about that for gap, which just launched the Yeezy line today. So this is like breaking news, but she also hosts the insanely popular uh, The Bachelor podcast from Betches, K-York City. Thank you so much for being here.
2: Oh my God, I'm so excited to be here. And honestly, when you were talking about the um, there's only one show you could find love, I was like, Ninety Day Fiance. Yeah, yeah
3: by the or... way, yeah. we will be I'm talking unsure. about Ninety Day Fiance. I wonder <laughs> if the Bachelor franchise gets scared of like, holy shit! There's, there, we're not the only game in town now. People are finding freaky relationships everywhere.
2: Yeah, there's, there's, there's opportunity for love at all in all corners.
3: I have so many questions for you, not only about the show but about you, um, because you just really do have. You, you just recently moved from New York to Los Angeles, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. A- and you really are a uh, a senior social media manager for Gap.
2: Yeah. So I started. um, At first, I was I was with Betches for about four and a half years. Um, I was one of the first people there, and. Um, got to you know grow the company with all of these women which was really amazing which led me to the bachelor podcast which we'll talk about but now i am at gap and i'm recently at gap i started in january and um right we i'm the lead social manager there so i oversee like all of our social media that goes up on all of our platforms work with our sister brands and um it's really interesting to go from where i was to where i am now but it's I think it was much needed. I need a little bit of a change of no. pace.
3: And you guys, if you, you probably already follow her on Instagram, but she does it so well. And she's one of those people you know, she'll put music to it and I'm going to sound so old right now, but she'll like, she'll get in your face. She gets her girlfriends in your face. She's all, it's really actually, I'm always like, I'm like, Oh, that, that really is entertaining. Cause I really do view Instagram as kind of a weird art form slash TV show. Like I call it my stories. Like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go sit at night and and read daily mail and then watch my stories, you know? Yeah.
2: If you're not watching every single Instagram story before you go to bed, What are you doing? That's the news. That's your news source. Like you're downloading what happened with everybody during the day.
3: Exactly. And I woke up today and I checked Instagram first thing and I got hit with the news that Kanye West, not only is it his birthday, which I think is very (laughs) interesting, Yes. (laughs)
4: Yes. <laughs> Not only is it his
3: birthday, but today is the day. If you guys, we've talked about it many times on the show that Gap, uh, Kanye and Gap are working together and they already have a yoga, uh, a logo, the, the YZ, the uh, you yeah, know YZY y. in Easy. the Gap logo. But everybody was like, when, when is the clothes coming? When are the clothes coming? And last night at midnight, the first, which is like a blue Uh, jacket made out of nylon he was spotted in it i believe this weekend i because i was just i was just talking about the mask that he wore this because i was like is you going to sell the masks i need a mask like not a not a covid mask but he was wearing you guys a full face mask with the blue jacket what's the blue jacket called again i don't even know what it's called listen (laughs) uh, is there a name I I, I thought there was a net. I thought, I mean, I could be, maybe there's, let me just call it blue jacket.
2: I was fully blacked out in the midst of all of this, just being like, must get post up, must clear So how
3: long do you know? I mean, because Kanye, we always know he's working up until the last minute on his albums, anything that gets released. And then he's just very particular um, in terms of everything that he does now. And that's, I guess, one of the things that makes him uh, great to a lot of people. But when did, have you known about this for weeks? That he was going to be releasing this?
2: Um, <laughs> if I said yes, that would be a lie, but no, <laughs> I have did not know, and a lot of us didn't know for a while. Like we've had like inklings and stuff, but Yeezy very much is in charge of what what Yeezy does, and which makes them really cool. And that's what yeah. hypes all of this up, is because every we they announced this, I think like last summer is when yeah. Kanye announced when Connie announced the partnership with Gap. And so everybody's like when's when's Yeezy when's Yeezy when's Yeezy and then all of a sudden it's like now is Yeezy and then we're like whoa and we're um you know coming up with a game plan and Yeezy has like they're like we want this is how we want it to look like and it was just really cool and I was very excited to be a part of it because um especially waking up in the morning and having like all of this media all over um Instagram and uh the internet it was yeah, really story, really cool uh,
3: the story really took off and it is something that i'm actually i love when pop culture intersects with fashion i mean i'm not a fashion yes. guy myself and i was going to mention that in terms of the the bachelorette is that i have no idea if what katie or any of the hosts are wearing are like mm-hmm. good even the guys i don't even know like i'm like an old navy kind of guy and i'm i mean which is if, our
2: sister brand we love to hear it <laughs> if
3: kanye or some somebody on kanye's label works with old navy i would love that like somebody just like maybe on the same label. That would be amazing. Um, But uh the Kanye news is is going to be interesting. They're selling the jacket for $200, and it is live now. It now, live. I, I am a Gap Outlet man, and I don't think this will be at the Gap Outlets for a while, because there's yeah, a great Gap Outlet in Burbank, but I don't think it's ever going to hit a Gap Outlet. But, uh, I mean, this was kind of exciting. It is the first thing, and he launched it on his birthday, which... You're a social media maven. What did you think about Kim Kardashian's birthday post to Kanye that was released today as well?
2: I don't even think I saw that. Oh, my hey, gosh. What me, are you doing? I, I, I'm she, eyes she tw- <laughs> deep and easy right now. <laughs> she
3: she tweeted. She tweeted Um, like, I will always. Uh, I oh, yeah. It. I love uh, you
2: for life. I'm looking at it right now on Instagram, them and their family. I mean, I think that's sweet because I obviously, um, you know, seeing her clip from the Kardashians of her clearly upset. She was like, I feel like a fucking loser. loser. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and I'm sure, I'm sure that's really difficult because she's going through all these, uh, divorces in front of the very public eye, especially this one that's lasted so long. They have all these kids together. Um, but I think even from her breakdown on camera, she was like, I love this man. Like there was nothing wrong. She was just like, I just can't do this anymore. And this is what has to be best for me.
3: And, and she was talking about a very uh, intelligent. Well, I mean, almost uh, very thought out in the sense of he deserves somebody that will move with yes. him. He deserves somebody. You know, he is a good father. She was making sure those things were said. And I really do believe she meant them. I do but too. It is very interesting when Kim decides she's done with something, she's done with something. I find, it, you know, we've grown up kind of with Kim in a way. So it is interesting. But these posts, we also got one from Chloe, you guys, where I saw was the Chloe, Chloe one. Chloe, Tristan, Kim, and Kanye at Kim's uh, COVID birthday party. And this is, I believe, the only <laughs> what photo- an
2: oxymoron! COVID <laughs> birthday party.
3: Yeah, you know, I mean, usually it's parties just because of COVID. But this is a COVID birthday party, which will be a theme for many years to come, I'm sure. But it was the first photographic proof that Kanye was actually on that island because that was a big rumor too. Was that he didn't even show up? They just said he showed up because we saw hologram uh Kim hologram Dad Robert Kardashian yes. was presented at that vacation. You know, but but Kanye right. wasn't in those shots when it was presented.
2: No, I I don't know. I really think that I I love that she made this post because it it shows emotional maturity that I certainly do not have. You won't see me like (laughs) wishing anybody well after (laughs) we break up because something just doesn't sit right with me when you're not into me anymore. So
3: (laughs) you're like, good choice. I agree with this kind of, yeah. No, um, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I think it is actually, really wise i just hope we we never that i love when kanye remains a mystery i love when he's not tweeting when like i think because the audience then gets to kind of catch up to his music again and to his art and he's not presenting it himself others are presenting it for him and i sometimes think that's the best way for anything kanye to hit and to hit hard but Mm -hmm. i sometimes wonder is like is he heartbroken is he cool like does he see those posts and go oh my god how dare her bring my name up you know
2: No, I, 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 that's a really, that's a really good thought because I mean, I have Kanye is one of those people that he is either fully in the public eye or he is silent. I mean, even with, even with our launch, um, it's very almost ominous, you know, there was no caption, there was no, um, no text on anything. It was just the blue jacket, um, just the link in bio. And then we changed like our profile picture to say Yeezy, but that's it. There was no other like promotion. It was like, you're not like making
3: memes or anything like that. No, (laughs) if you see
2: it, you see it. And that's, and I, I really love that about, um, first of all, this launch in general, but like him, it's that like, he doesn't have to try. It's like, okay, well you can have it if you want It's here, but if you don't, then I don't care
3: i like when it builds a mystery and then the internet does what it does best and just runs with it you know and and sometimes the less information the better which kind of ties into the bachelorette in a way because the first Mm -hmm. episode of any bachelor or bachelorette we get like a little bit of information we don't get the whole picture we get these little like you know joey 27 you know physicist. like we get these weird kind of like small bios but you don't get the full kind of picture of any of these characters right um and by the way i want to know uh kay i Want you to know right up top all the audience i am sex positive as well i feel like i oh hell that, yeah i heard that 800 billion flipping times last mm-hmm. night
2: you it, would think that they were having orgies every night they're like <laughs> we are sex positive here <laughs> in bachelor nation
3: <laughs> like i was really like is like is there like some like sex positive company that they're advertising for because i felt like i heard it every 15 minutes yeah on last night's episode with katie thurston the bachelorette I kind of slept through her season, even though I watched it, but I zoned out a lot. Mm -hmm. Was she talking like, was she talking the whole time about being sex positive and all that? Because even the contestants were coming up to her going, like, they were trying to, like, I'm going to stroke you and I'll go down on you for hours. Like, was there some piece of information about Katie I totally missed out on?
2: At least from what I remember (laughs) or what I recall, the only time that there was a lot of like, sexual stuff was when she showed up her intro her intro on night one was with a vibrator and yeah. so that was like the gag of it all and <laughs> so they brought that up for like in her promos that yes. she was like what's the buzz about it's like okay let's make sure everybody knows that this girl masturbates. I know and
3: I'm like I mean okay. she does other things too but it's like I feel like they've now pigeonholed her mm-hmm. as the sex positive Leah McSweeney of The Bachelorette.
2: So that's what so that's what ends up being this entitled entire like storyline, at least at the beginning. And then you have this one guy, his name um, is Mike uh, and he is a virgin and he's like, I'm very religious. I'm a virgin. And I'm like, did who's going to tell him?
1: Like, who's going to
2: tell him that he is on? Did he not ask any questions? No,
3: I think he left it up to the Lord and the Lord did not like like give him any messages at all, because this guy goes in, you guys, and he, you know, reminds us he's a virgin. He's wearing a cross necklace. That's all great. Like, I believe, you know, I'm all for believing in things. Um, But the thing is, at the end, they show a preview for the season. And I swear to God, they make it look like he potentially lost his virginity to Katie in this show.
2: Yeah, he's crying. He's, he's like, like, I don't. I didn't exactly. think it would happen that fast. I'm like, bro, it's. I don't know. It's just.
3: Could you imagine had- his first times with Katie, and he just like in 30 seconds, it's done, and then he's just crying to the Lord for the rest. I of the
2: just episode? can't. I just can't figure out what, at what point, how did he miss this? Because I mean, this is what everything was about. Did he not watch her season? Did he not hear all these guys saying all this stuff? Like, where was he in the in during the time where everybody's talking about Katie Fox, like, <laughs> like that's that.
3: <laughs> By the way, that is the subtitle for this season is The Bachelor and that's, <laughs> I'm here for it. I want to get back to the guys in a second, but we got yeah. kind of breaking news this morning that I wanted to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. And I, you guys, of course, you will probably already listen to the, to the Betches, the Bachelor podcast that will be going every week. I don't think I will be covering this every week unless you guys are like insanely in love with this. But I think it's very important because it touches on a lot of different pop culture stories, including Chris Harrison, which I did cover when... And He uh, was taking a break because of things because he was pretty much mansplaining uh, racial sensitivity to a black woman, which was just ridiculous, To But did you I think we even mentioned that day when I met you, Tom, Tom, that yeah. I was like, he's done like he's done.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Coming from that, the thing is with Chris Harrison, that makes him different from all these other celebrities that I've had you know, these types of situations come out or statements is that I think it would have been different if Chris Harrison wasn't the face of the brand. That is the problem is that he's not just some random celebrity that just like fucked up, but he is the, he's the face of an entire franchise. Like you don't think about the bachelor without thinking about Chris Harrison. So when you have somebody who has that magnitude and that, um, uh, level of power over a franchise. Like you have to do something about that. And if you don't, that's, that's the problem is that he is such a, such a public figure for this one show.
3: Well, it's like American idol with Ryan Seacrest in a way yeah. is that, you know, it's like, well, you know, if we got Brian Dunkelman back all of a sudden it would be weird in in so many ways. But also I said from the beginning, don't ever let your employer see that your job can be done just as well. And for less money.
2: I'm dead because I saw your tweet about that and I laughed out loud. But it,
3: it's so true, though, that, you know, yeah. last night they have this kind of Band-Aid fix that I don't think they're going to, like, do for Ugh. every season. But they have Tasha and uh, Caitlin Bristow, who were both the Bachelorettes, and they got through it. It wasn't like, I mean, but I felt like the producers were amping up the be as girly as possible and act like you're at a slumber party and you're doing each other's hair. And it was I but see, I wanted to get your opinion because I'm not a girl. Like, did this work? Because I don't know. It made me they were like watching out of a window eating popcorn, looking at the guys at one point, giggling. And I was just like, somebody's directing them to do this.
2: I think I have a lot of feelings about this, but I think that having two women, um, and making it about this like girl gang, and like um, it felt very silly. Like, silly is the is the it's best word for girl to bosses, describe.
3: girl boss season, you guys.
2: And and honestly if I were Katie, I would be pissed. I mean, you have these two beautiful girls that are kind of taking away the spotlight. Like a show like this really needs some, there needs to be one person at least that brings us back down to earth. That is serious. That's like, Hey, it's, it's time for the final rose. This you need some is kind of happening.
3: respectability. And Chris Harrison is a fuddy duddy and he's probably outgrown his welcome, even if he didn't say this, but at the same time you were kind of like, well, this guy is kind of serious about his job. He's not giggling like he you know, he's yeah, he's there to actually make something. He's he's the dad in this situation, but it's not like these ladies come off as the mom. They just come off as like giggly schoolgirls.
2: Yeah, it just it, it, it ruined the I love Tasha and Caitlin Bristol. Like I'm here for all of that, but yeah. it really ruined the um, credibility for me, like watching them just like giggle back and forth and sort of take the spotlight away from Katie, which it's also weird. It's like, this is Katie's season. Don't be like cutting to them eating popcorn in the window. Like you said, what? like,
3: what? At one point, I was like, I bet Tasha and Caitlin start winking at some of the guys. Like, hey, what's I would up? Be like, you know, what?
2: if I were Katie.
3: But like, it is weird. It is Katie's season. And the rap on Katie that I was kind of like feeling was, you know, she was part of a duo Bachelorette season from Mm -hmm. uh, last, uh, you know, iterations of Matt James's season. Yeah, We're going to have two Bachelorettes. And so I felt she was already getting the short end of the stick and just that there's already two Bachelorettes. We're going to throw up, throw as much up against the wall as possible. But a lot of people were saying she was, an uninspired choice. She wasn't uh, good enough of a choice for the Bachelor franchise. So she's already coming up against that. And I got to tell you, putting two powerhouses, I mean, I'm embarrassed to call them powerhouses. I don't mind them, but but to put that up, it's almost like they don't have faith in Katie to begin with, the network right. or the franchise.
2: I think, well, speaking on the fact that there were two Bachelorettes and now there's two um, female hosts as well, it sort of shows that ABC has become uh like complete like the audience has completely controlled abc like the audience our their followers and their audience has abc by the fucking balls and they're like we don't uh you know half of America's like we want a white girl and half of America's like we need a black girl like more diversity and so they will give you
3: both yeah <laughs> so they're
2: giving us both in both situations so we have a black uh girl um, black woman as the bachelorette Michelle. And then we have a white woman as the bachelorette Katie. And then we have Tasha, and then we have Caitlin. So we have all of our bases are covered and they're just afraid to piss anybody off at this point. When at this point, I think you just need to like lean into it. If tasha's who you want to host then like, then let her host. And you, sometimes you just have to like, uh, do some weeding to grow the flowers. Like if you're going to lose followers or whatever, then fine, but you're going to gain more, s- like loyal and solid viewers this way. Well, I
3: think, yeah, you at this point and in society where we're at in this past year and, and past couple of years, you need to break it and reinvent it to really survive for the next 20 years, which I think mm-hmm. this franchise really does have the ability to do, but you're basing this entire franchise on a silly idea anyways, is yeah. that you can find love on television, even reality shows mm-hmm. that aren't based around, like we're fans of Vanderpump Rules. We're, we're fans yeah. of like, It's ridiculous to watch these relationships play out on TV but to have katie last night and we get this every season every iteration of i really do feel my husband's in this room i really i really do feel that the love of my life is in this room i don't know have you i ever... also
2: feel like the love of my life is at any dive bar that i've gone to at <laughs> 2 a.m
3: yeah By the way, you watch a chris evans uh film festival you're what like that by the way she's in love with chris evans you i know in that's love. not in you know everybody is but um in but love. you know, like it is weird that concept to me as I get older and have been in relationships, it gets weirder for me to be like, Oh, come on. That's not going to last at all. And I can't believe somebody like Katie, if you take this seriously, you would look at the track record of everybody on the bachelor or bachelorette and go, Oh my God, I don't have a chance in hell at meeting anybody on this show long-term, you know, because only a couple people have worked out, worked out.
2: I'm actually, um, I think about this all the time about how, um, that kind of how people think like that and where their mind goes and how they get to that point and what i've sort of realized or come to my own conclusion is that like i guess in those circumstances when you don't have your phone uh, you don't have anybody <laughs> to talk to except like you're, you don't have anything. You're, you're you know? locked you
3: don't, in a box. Yeah, yeah. You can't
2: watch, you can't watch TV. You can't read. You can't do anything. All you are able to do is Fall talk on. to the people around you. And the only thing you know about the people around you is that you have one thing in common, and that is that one person who's in the room. And so Katie's also in the same position where she's never phoned. She's never any of this stuff. And all she's thinking about are these men. They're up all night. They're drinking alcohol. Like, you're in this weird sort of non-reality situation that you're sleep deprived, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. You're going to go into this thinking he must be here. Like you'll have nothing else to think about. There's nothing else in your brain going on, except these
3: men or this woman. No, you're right. I mean, it would be great if the producer starts slipping Katie like Molly halfway through. You know, like, yeah. Like just amp this up. Um, it is just such a weird pressure cooker situation. You're you're completely right, and that does you know the drama or the the drama or the humor comes from that. Um, one last thing on Chris Harrison. I thought it was a huge miss, a huge miss to not recognize that situation at all. We might not agree with how, you know what Chris did, but I do think Chris was an integral part of the show, and to act like he doesn't exist. And I thought it was very, I mean, obviously they had planned to let him go for a while. And the fact that the announcement was made today, the day after Mm -hmm. the premiere, this was all part of this plan. And don't cry for Chris Harrison. He got a six figure, what you got like a figure figure payout? So his
2: minimum payout is 10 mil
3: minimum. Well, I thought, what a dummy to like, you know, this is when you're an actor or doing anything like we do with public and pop culture, this is a lottery one in a million shot that Chris Harrison ever got a job like this. And he knows that. So I wonder what that number is. It must've been something he's comfortable with because he lawyered up pretty quickly in this process.
2: He lawyered up because, and I think the, the same, he's using the same lawyer that Gabrielle Union used, um, (laughs) when, she was calling somebody like else racist, which is like so bizarre. Yeah. Um, but
3: that was America's Got Talent, I believe. Right. Yes.
2: Yeah. And uh, but Chris lawyered up and I he's one of those people. It's like, of course, I think he knew that this was going to happen. But at the same time, he's an executive producer on the show. So like his name's still on there. So it's sort of like a Ryan Seacrest.
3: Oh, my God. Well, that's interesting. So his name mm-hmm. is still going to remain on the show
2: at least I think, I guess we'll find out, but he's sort of like a Ryan Seacrest with the Kardashians. Like he's still involved. So maybe he's like, well, if you're going to make me leave the show, like you're going to have to pay the fuck up because I'm an executive producer on this and you think you're going to kick
3: me off my I'm, own show? I, mean, I, I do agree with like, you know, that is yeah. something that you build. You make a huge mistake, but that is still something you helped build. But it mm-hmm. is um you know, I keep thinking of like Jeff Probst from Survivor or any of yeah. those things that you really... um So it'll be interesting to see what that is, but I thought it was a huge miss that they didn't even acknowledge that or the two hosts. All of a sudden, they didn't even explain. They just had these girls giggling and sneaking up on Katie out of nowhere. And then Katie had to act like like she was surprised and then go, oh. hey, let's go in. Can I ask you some questions? And like, of course, girlfriend, it was a lot of girlfriends, you know, like girlfriend. That,
2: the surprise thing was so tacky to me because in my head, I'm watching them like sneak up on her. Like what it should have been taken more seriously. Like I said, we need some sort of gravity pulling us back down. That's holding the show together. That's not just like, Guys in cat costumes and like silly things and vibrators. Yeah. We need some we need two people, one actually one person to be like waiting for Katie to maybe to, like if there was like a red carpet or something. And like Katie was uh, they were waiting right there for Katie to show up. It shouldn't have been a surprise. It shouldn't have been any of this stuff. Katie knew Chris Harrison wasn't coming back like this is not new news. Yeah. And, the, no. and she knew this. So it's like they just made it so again, silly. Everything um, was so silly.
3: Katie lets us know very early on that she is just a regular girl looking for love and it's not just about sex, but it's about connection and intimacy. Uh, Do you feel the same way as a woman, K-York City? Are you just a regular girl looking for love and it's not just about sex, but connection and intimacy?
2: Um...
3: Yes, <laughs> sorry, kidding. So
2: no, that. there was one. Well, okay. So they mentioned one thing on the show. Is like Tasha or Katie asked Tasha and caitlin Caitlyn. There, she was like, "What's some advice that you can give me? Like, what's the best advice?" And to your point, they were like, "It's about um, like don't go based off looks. Like, think about their personality and all this kind of stuff." And in my head, I'm like, "Okay, yeah." But at the same time. A man's gonna let you down anyway, so you might as well date someone hot. <laughs> so you might as well pick oh the my hottest God. one.
3: Uh, well, that was good talking to you, Kay. York City. We'll talk <laughs> to you next time. Okay. Uh. So, but like on the show,
2: wise, it's like the chances of you actually meeting somebody that is gonna change your life and you and your relationship lasts forever is very slim on this show. There are not a lot of couples that have been together forever, and even some of them that have been together for a long time, like Evan and Carly Bass, they just got divorced. Like, yeah. You
3: might as well. Trista Trista and Ryan Sutter, she was the first Bachelorette. They're still together. But that must have been some weird fluke or uh, Ryan doesn't know how to use his feet to run. I don't know. Like, but-
2: think with that is that there wasn't all of this uh, back then there were no dating apps there were no there was no social media no for them bachelor to get, nation
0: no bachelor, was no bachelor paradise. it was just
2: what it was and they were there actually looking to find love and they weren't here with all of this like stuff around them them knowing like oh if I stay on longer I'm gonna get all these followers and I won't have to go back to my real job and there's all those factors that are here now that weren't there then
3: Yeah. Um, Once again, because of COVID, they are at a hotel that they have taken over. They're at the Hyatt Regency in Albuquerque, New Mexico, I believe. (laughs) And there is nothing I love more when they force the Bachelor or Bachelorette to go into one of these places and Katie has to act like the Hyatt Regency is the best thing. She's like, oh my God, look at the view. Look at the view.
2: And you know, they have to sit because of like the ad stuff. They're like, they're, they can't just be like, well, at the Hyatt or like at the hotel. They have to be at the Hyatt Regency, New <laughs> yeah. Mexico.
3: And even the guys are saying the Hyatt Regency. And it's funny, like there's only so much around Katie in the hotel. So they literally have Katie trying to ride a bike through the desert and she's getting the bike stuck and then she's playing with dust bunnies it is so bizarre they're like just go do carrot top prop comedy in the desert here you know
2: i feel like the producers low-key hate katie there is something (laughs) there's something happening there that is weird like even katie's promos looked like they had a budget of three dollars like you could it was a white background she's in like a white t-shirt and a a a forever 21 skirt and you can see the, the black footprints on the ground <laughs> of her white like background i'm like this yeah. is it's, it's just like i feel like kendall jenner's um pr people definitely oh, hate her too oh God, They're like how can my, we fuck this girl one over of
3: my favorite topics on this show is to talk about how kendall i i figured the kardashians just pull things like products out of a hat and kendall always gets the last pick mm-hmm. because everyone like the pepsi ad the 818 tequila the proactive like everything has been done wrong on kendall's behalf i mean kendall should be smarter at this point, but she keeps doing it. It's fascinating.
2: And it's like, if you don't like her, just quit your job I was, or keep going. <laughs> I, yeah, guess. Was, like,
3: I want one of the Kardashians. I guess you could argue Rob has done this, but it would be awesome if like Kendall asked to be in the witness protection program, just to get away from the family get away and just from live all of a it. life. Um, do you think, uh, you're in advertising in, in, in a way yeah. and do you think, because I was noticing the meet the men that ABC was doing too, and it was very low budget, cheesy, stupid facts about these guys. And almost, I noticed we all were making fun of it online. And I was yeah. like, is there a part of it now where ad people are purposely doing stupidity, uh, just putting stupidity out there because they know we will joke about it immediately and throw it out there much more than if it's potentially good?
2: Yeah, like I would rather read that a guy, um, shaved his head into a mohawk once instead of him being like, "Well, I know how to, like, do a mathematical equation of blah blah blah." I I like yeah. that's not. In- I'm like, I want to hear the stupid stuff that's about you. Like, is your favorite flower a sunflower cute? Like, that's hilarious. I'm gonna drag you for it. All <laughs> of these things, I would rather. I think people would rather read the light and fluffy stuff, especially at the beginning, because you know there's all this drama at the end. Um, and I know like. Um, some of the people that I've talked to before that have been on the show, they're like, you know, they cut so much stuff out. Like we had all these great conversations. Like me and the guys were having these really funny conversations, like hilarious stuff was happening. I'm like, To be very honest with you, nobody wants to see a bunch of guys getting along.
3: Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily I found quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer, and I got to tell you, the quality is great because quince has. All the seasonal must haves like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part all quince items are priced 50 to 80% less so upgrade your wardrobe go to quince.com so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns that's quince.com so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com so bad tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
0: When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy.
3: Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? Um, If you listen to this podcast, you know that I take mental health very seriously. It's something I realize that I have to work at on a daily basis. Now, that might be uh, going out and exercising. Uh, It might be starting your own podcast so you can talk out loud. Or it might be seeing industry professionals. And that's what BetterHelp does. BetterHelp will assess your needs and they're going to match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And you can start communicating in under 48 hours. No, it's not a crisis line. It's not that it's not self-help. It's a professional counseling done securely online. Um, Now I have visited many therapists over the years and I have never tried one online until BetterHelp. And I have to tell you It's amazing. I wish I had known about this years ago. Now, there's a broad range of expertise available which may not be locally available in many areas. In fact, during uh, this past year, it has been so impossible to see somebody in person. Um, But their service, BetterHelp, is available for clients worldwide. You can log in to your account anytime. You can send a message to your counselor and you will get a timely and thoughtful response Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions if you don't want somebody seeing your face. If you're a little tired of the Zoom, you can even just do phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. You guys, I when I used to have a job, I would leave my job for my break, rush over to my therapist, sit in the waiting room, (laughs) wait for my turn, go there, and then have to fight LA traffic all the way back to work. I don't have to do that any longer with BetterHelp. So BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. And I love this part. Uh, I love this part. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is even available. So BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash so bad That's Better, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Guys, I'm telling you, I do this. This means something to me. I know it could mean something to you. Please give it a shot. So, in fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So, that means you can get somebody at a moment's notice That is so important. Our mental health is so important. And this is just, this is a great part. Special offer for So Bad It's Good listeners. You guys can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash so bad. That's betterhelp.com forward slash S-O-B-A-D. The one last thing I'll say is just go visit the website. Just do that one small step. I'm telling you, you're going to like what you see. And I think you'll take the next step to join. We want to
2: see you fighting like upset.
3: This is a huge bone of contention from last night, and something I always had a note to bring up to you is that one of my favorite things, especially on The Bachelorette, is you know five or six years ago, especially they would do they would get tanked on the first night, and you would have Thanks. some guy puking in a pool or like charging a guy. You would skinny have skinny dipping, yes, all of it. These kind of amazing things, and I always looked forward to that because guys being around other guys, there's always some kind of machismo, some kind of bullshit, or some kind of, and we saw like little pieces of it but it was more on the sensitive side last night but we yeah. did see one weird interaction where i felt like i had missed a huge piece of the show but then i went back i was like right. no I didn't. is that this one dude do you know the names like there was it's, one dude. yeah
2: um aaron and cody cody
3: so, yeah they had like the a zipper, weird zipper job he makes zippers for a living or something a yeah and
2: room. he's the one that showed up with the blow-up doll
3: yeah, you guys, well, t- I'll talk about that in a second. And he also, you can't tell from the episode last night, but I was looking at pictures. He has like a tattoo sleeve arm, which you wouldn't, I wouldn't peg him as one. Uh, yeah, no. But this guy goes to Cody and goes, hey, just so you know, I don't like you. I don't like you. I don't like what you bring to this. And Cody's like, well, I don't, why, What? what's going on? And I was confused and then they yeah. just dropped it.
2: I think, well, I think that's going to be a storyline later. And I think they were trying to find something because there was, nothing happening like nothing happened in that episode that was like compelling or super memorable other than that one moment that we're all like wait what just happened so i i was even with my roommates we were watching i was like we think they're like uh cody's definitely going home i was like there's no way he's going home after abc just uh showed us this random moment of them fighting they have to go back to that they have to go back to that but my theory is is that they know each other from before they're okay. both from San Diego.
3: Oh, there you go.
2: And I'm thinking that they know each other. San Diego is a huge hub of like bachelor people at this point. Like every, <laughs> that, you don't. That in
3: the top of Runyon Canyon in Los Angeles is a huge yes. hub of bachelor people. So basketball.
2: I think they knew each other beforehand. And that, that's my, like, that's my prediction. I don't know because I don't think a limo ride in would. No. Would escalate to something like that.
3: Well, the only thing I was thinking is like, is it so ridiculous where the producers are pulling him aside and going like, "You see that guy, Cody, over there? He looks pretty stupid, huh?" I don't know. Yeah, you should look tell stupid him. to me. I I, <laughs> yeah, I hope somebody tells him he's stupid. Like it, it was so bizarre. But we get Katie and we get her whole story and like, you know, she. You know, her parents were divorced at a young age. You guys, you know, her mom raised her. It, it didn't seem like the best upbringing, but she is ready for love. And also she is a cat owner, a cat lover uh, that comes yeah. into play in a second. Um, and then this is like the montage clip package of where we meet all the guys and. You know, we meet a guy with a ukulele who's a math teacher. Uh, We meet a guy that's with his grandma. We meet, like, a guy that's into hockey. They all kind of seem homogenized. And I don't know how ABC or anybody would ever expect me to know 30 names in one night when I still have a problem with my own name, you know?
2: No. you We don't worry about names, at least on our podcast. You're a nobody until top 10.
3: Yeah, exactly. Well, see, I wanted to pitch you on this. It's so frustrating is that... ABC almost does this to fuck with us where they like they I need a name pinned to them like you can pin a name on Instagram mm-hmm. stories. I need a name pinned at all times, like it, anywhere yes. they go, because I just want my mind to like casually be introduced to you by keep seeing your name. They only put these guys name up once and then they don't do it when they have like the guy in the ball pit, uh, which I wrote his name down. Somewhere, Trey Trey they didn't put his name up for the ball pit scene where they're in the back of the track in the ball pit. And then finally she said, Trey's a good guy. And I was like, Oh, thank God. Cause I didn't want to have to go online and look up his face, you know? Right.
2: Mm -hmm. I think I totally agree. There's, there's not a lot of, um, uh, visuals to help you keep track of these guys. But at the same time in my head, I'm like, that's hard for us because we talk about this kind of stuff when we are like in pop culture and like the media and news kind of, area everyone else they're like yeah whoever you know the guy with the blah 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 we have to kind of know these names but um it and i think it's okay that we don't until later on because if they're going home night one why am i memorizing you know jeff's name though jeff's name will live rent free in my head him and his rv
3: Yeah, there's a guy that brings the place where he lives and he brings her on the RV and it's just kind of ratty. And like, he had like a little vegetable tray from Safeway out and then he starts crunching on celery and he gives her some iced tea. It really, it was like kind of like a silence of the lambs kind of like, you know, could you help me put this couch in my truck, you know? And that I really did think he could take off with Katie at a certain point.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's a a skin salesman that lives in an (laughs) RV and that- Uh, He clearly didn't even clean. I mean, I wouldn't have even told anybody that let alone like put it on national television.
3: And did he suggest this to like, Hey, I got an RV. I'd love to drive it out if I could like, and the producers like, yeah, let's do that. You know, I
2: think poor Jeff is a, a producer plant. I think he was brought on the show just for the gag.
3: Now explain what a producer plant is to somebody that does is not aware of that. I just think,
2: I just think that he was literally, um, brought on the show just for a bit or just for the laugh there's no there he's not staying on he's not making it any longer he's not going to be there for very long um he's just there to be like the comedic kind of relief yeah even though it's at his (laughs) expense
3: (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's like there's a character that's like yeah oh, he just farted the whole time like that's yeah, like, like a producer plant you know because that's katie's- clearly
2: not a guy that katie's going to go for i i really do think in that- fact he got
3: sent home didn't he, yeah, yeah, he got sent home. Every, yeah he was one of the six that got sent home um and
2: i don't know i have a lot of uh theories about that but i think that all the produce they know who they want uh, to be exactly where they want them to be and that's how the show goes this show is very thought out very meticulously and no one is on that show without having possible like arguing scenarios or who would have triggered who in some sort of situation or like, you know, traumas.
3: Why do you think we love these? We we really love these shows or that it's endured this long. Why do you think we keep coming back to shows like this? What do you think it is? I mean, because I don't think it's aspirational, but uh, what do you think it is?
2: I think we love to watch hot people cry. <laughs>
3: Oh, you nailed that. I think we
2: like to watch people who are living better lives than us feel fucking bad.
3: I have to tell you, you're dead. Like the, I, there was a part last night where it became kind of obvious that a lot of the guys, and we haven't seen this, I think in a couple of years that they were nervous, you know, like they mm-hmm. were, I mean, we saw, of course on, um, uh, Tasha season, season, uh, they were at Palm Springs, so they were all sweating anyways, but you saw a lot of people sweating. You saw a lot of people kind of nervous. We, you know, we had a lot of scenes where Katie got more comfortable because she noticed the guys were more nervous and that made her feel comfortable. Like she got this, but it was kind of refreshing to see because I was like, and then they showed this clip package at the end that's three minutes and you see all of these guys breaking down and like I didn't think it'd be like this and I love it like it makes me feel so good because I don't look like them I don't have abs and they do and I want them all to cry you know
2: yeah no I mean I think that's exactly I think that's exactly right like they're all on this tv show that you watching probably want to be on and they're living this you hate to see somebody living your dream but but what makes it better is that you like to see these people in these situations as like fucked up as it sounds, because it makes you feel better about yourself.
3: Yeah. Would you ever do this show?
2: Um, no, actually, I think I would have done it, um, earlier and like, like before I, like before I started doing the podcast and like really watching it, I think I would have done it. But at this point, there's no way you could get me on any (laughs) reality show. I know too much. And yeah, yeah. I think ABC, if they if they did bring me on, it would be to destroy me. They definitely know who I am. There's no like
3: Oh, I would just hate finding the one thing that they would not exploit, the one thing that they would find out about myself that they would use and like hit. Like I would just hate to you. see that really being like propped up and people going like, oh, you're the. You're the weird guy that, you know, like I would hate for everybody to know the one thing that I hate about myself, you know, and
2: they will know it and they will exploit it and they will make you relive it over and over again in crazy ways. And and then at the other end of it, if you're not easily manipulated, like I think I would be able to see through all these things, then they wouldn't even put me, they wouldn't give me any airtime. They're Like, okay, send this bitch home.
3: Yeah. Like
2: she's <laughs> not giving us anything. So why is she here?
3: Yeah um uh there is a couple of guys that like made me laugh and just their delusion there's this guy andrew s that's like he's a, a uh he plays football in austria i think um and he he really won't he thinks he's like good at this british accent and he keeps like talking in a british accent and that's how he like introduces him. like hello katie my love oh, I andrew came all, s and i came all the way here. and it's like Everybody knows it's a, like, you know, those people that'll do accents and you're like, you're really not good at accent work. This is yeah. that guy. But in his head, he thinks he's amazing at doing accents. And then Katie does an accent back that is better than his accent. And yes. he's like, oh, hello. We can play with accents, shall we? I know.
2: <laughs> I know. And when he first showed up, I was like, um, I remember first seeing his photo and thinking, I'm like, oh, he's cute. And then I saw the second version of his photo. I'm like, oh, he's very cute. And then I saw him. On the show, I'm like, we love him. I think the accent was like stupid and cheesy, but I think that was good for him because if he did anything cheesier, yeah. you think he I would have liked to He could
3: survive the accent. Um, yes. Who, so there's a guy, this is one of, I think m- one of my favorites to win it is Greg Grippo. He's mm-hmm. 27 years old. He lives in New York. He's youngest of four kids and he has all these nieces and nephews. He wants to have a big family. They give him a shirtless shot at the beginning where he's like changing into a shirt. So we see his abs and they he's really nervous when he meets Katie at when they start like doing the, you know, can I talk to you for a sec? Can I talk to you for a sec? Yeah. And she's like, oh, you're so nervous. Let me put you at ease. And then they kiss. And Katie and the two guys she kisses, uh, maybe two or three. She She's a hard kisser. Like they like really They're, hard. Yeah. Kiss.
2: It's like it feels like tight. Like there's yeah. no air getting yeah,
3: it, through. And it's like and, and shit. But I just. Love, but I think, and if you watch the preview for the remainder of the season, which I'll put some clips in in this podcast, he uh, he seems like he gets his heart broken or something. I don't know. It seems like he really is falling in love with Katie, but I, I think he's a favorite.
2: I think he's a favorite. I think it's very much going to be the Greg show for a, a while, Um, at least. I just, I, Greg's not my personal favorite. I feel like he just Fubanella? looks so like so plain. Like he's had the same haircut since middle school for sure. Like he just looks so there's nothing. I mean, the most average dude you could find that is who Greg is. But I mean, and he, it also was one of those guys that you were talking about that kind of has the, uh, he was like, wow, like this is amazing. Like they kissed him on cloud night. I'm like, "What?"
3: Yeah, I mean, it is it is one of those things that even the guys, they put them in this kind of environment where they think they've fallen in love. And these guys are potentially guys that have had multiple one night stands that have broken many women's hearts, you know, and then they're even getting like kind of like into this thing where they think they've never met a girl like Katie in their life. And that's the funny thing that the guys keep saying, especially that one guy we were talking about earlier that uh, ABC kind of set up that he's definitely coming back because he got into a, a little tiff with the guy. Oh
2: yeah. Cody, and Cody, yeah, Karen, Cody. Yeah.
3: But Cody keeps saying like, I don't think I'm going to make it. And it's just so frustrating because I need to, I need to meet, I need to hang out with a girl like Katie after meeting her after, you know, I've never met anybody like that in my life. Like they like, really, what? I'm like, I no offense to Katie, but I mean, there's a lot of amazing Katie's out there.
2: Yes, I am literally out here. Like, what do you mean you've never? M- I am just like, what? How is have you it heard of so-
3: K-, K York City T? Katie? Right?
2: Or- like, I, it's no. so it's so bizarre to me because I'm like, it. It seems so fake because if she's able to have like you know thirty guys being like, wow, she's the most amazing person I've ever met. It's like I can't find one in thirty guys to say that about. Like. <laughs> I don't understand, no, but I literally do not. I can't comprehend it.
3: I feel like they should, Los Angeles especially should set up some kind of like, just like rant, like bachelorette style things that aren't on TV just to like get that kind of pressure cooker. You know what? Yeah. Tinder should do that. Tinder should start doing live the bachelorette on their app, you know?
2: That would be um, so fun.
3: it sounds like it would be amazing. Um, Katie says stuff like, you know, I have a fun side, but I need a grown ass man. But then this dude, you guys comes out in a cat costume and she loses her goddamn mind. She like, I I thought she was going to be like, oh, come on. And she's like, oh, my God, the guy in the cat costume. Oh, my God. Oh, my. She literally like go bends over backwards for this guy all of a sudden. The best
2: thing she has ever seen was that guy in a cat costume. And I'm gagged over it because I'm like, I I, I get I see that like she clearly likes cats. Like if a guy showed up in a Captain America suit, I would probably be like, okay, I love this guy. Like he's done his research on me. He knows that I like. yeah, like this guy shows that. up as
3: uh, this guy shows up as Chris Evans dick pic. You know, like he's done his research. That is so funny. <laughs> Very respectable. I appreciate it. No, but I mean, but see, that's so funny. So it's like most of the time shit like that won't won't work. But if you if you do like do a, that's like a right Hail way. Mary, if you do a Hail Mary pass, you might connect completely. And you guys, the cat guy, what's the cat guy's name? It's um, Connor B. Connor B. He does, he's another one that hard makes out with her. And he's so shocked, but he's like on it. He's like, let's keep this going. He like pulls away, they pull away, He does it again. He gets whisk. he gets his makeup whiskers on her. And I have a feeling that's not, I don't think he's a final three guy. I don't think he's
2: a final guy, but he's going to make it pretty far. And honestly, that was the best, like night one costume situation that I've ever seen. Usually the people in the costume are just kind of like the goofy ones. Like you had this, like Alexis waters, who was like, I'm a shark. And it's like, no, I'm a dolphin. And like all, all the costume are people are just, it's gags. They're producer plant, like just gag shows or whatever.
3: But, but it only worked worked because Katie's a, she keeps calling herself a crazy cat lady. She is. She posts
2: on her Instagram about her cat all the time. If she
3: didn't like cats that, or like that would not work at all. No, it'd be weird. It would be totally weird. We also got a guy that was in a box. Mm. We got we got a guy like we already talked about that brought his truck and put like like balls in it, Um, like you get at a, a kids playground.
0: Yeah, ball pit
3: ball pit yeah uh but the guy in a box he was interesting because he just said he didn't present himself he said come find me in there but it was getting towards the end of the night and he hadn't been found yet he was still in the he's
2: running out of air yeah (laughs) Yeah.
3: (laughs) she finally opened he was dead unfortunately it was the The producers
2: are like you gotta go to the guy in the box like he (laughs) has about 30 seconds left before his (laughs) air runs out
3: leave me in here leave me in here um but the guy comes out and he's the guy didn't even need the box. He was like an extremely good-looking guy in a 3 piece suit. What's that dude's name? I see. I hate this. Uh, I hate it, was, it was James. James. Extremely good-looking dude. And then the box, uh, you know, worked because Katie does love props, we find out, through all this whole process. But then the guys, I love when the guys go, oh, the box worked. The box. Oh, worked. Oh, are you kidding me? The box worked. And you see a lot of the guys just goes like, Hey, what's up? I'm Tommy. How you doing? Uh, I hope to see you in there. Like a lot of guys did not have any imagination at all. Um, but uh, then they're all like talking about the first impression rose, which is a huge part of this show who gets the first impression rose. And I thought, you know, like, Oh, okay. The cat guy is going to get it or the box guy is going to get it. And it goes to Greg Grippo. It goes to, the guy that was nervous that she made out with. And she just once again wants to make sure he's not nervous. Look, you have the Rose and like this guy, like that's like, he is just, he is done for like, he is fully in love at that point. Once he gets, Oh
2: yeah. The second he got that Rose, he was like cloud nine bitches. Like he is no, there's no stopping Greg.
3: And how much do you think they have watched this season where they saw um, Claire season where they're like, hey, let's end this tonight. I'm ready to go home with you. Like, Claire yeah. called it off. Can you call it off right now? I... <laughs>
2: God, Claire's season was so chaotic. It was like one, one shit show after another. It, was worked like, when because, it,
3: end? It, it worked because it was weirdly chaotic. And that fact that she was so braggadocious and we all knew that they would break up pretty quickly afterwards, which they did. I mean, they're back together now, but we've already been burned. So we don't care at all. But Claire was like, this is what I deserve for waiting. I get love because I waited. So fuck all you all that told me to settle because I'll never. So she was so like, announcery about all of this that we just didn't give a shit you know um yeah. or at least i didn't um and no or dale was just like i was modeling for party city up to this point like, like i i, I kind of I, just
2: wanted some instagram followers he, but i guess well
3: uh, did you i love that one episode with claire and dale and dale goes i i think i feel love yeah i think that's i think this is love This could be it. It feels like like a
2: boner. And he's like, I (laughs) think this is love.
3: (laughs) One of my listeners pointed out when he left the, uh, her suite that one day he had like, uh, you know, kick the kids out of the car. He had like a jizz stain on his khakis and somebody pointed that out to me. And I was like, that's beautiful. Like, that's amazing. Him sneaking out of her room, with like a little stain on his pink That
2: is cinematic genius.
3: Yeah. Um, real quick, another thing about the cat guy. He's a teacher. And I just want to say his poor students after this year of distance learning, their te- they have to watch their teacher dressed up in a cat costume. Like that that's just not something that you want to see out of somebody that's like teaching you math at no. all. No,
2: and that's, that's another thing with like going on the show and stuff. It's like, you really have to think about what your trajectory after this show is and what you want it to be because say you're in sales are you going to go back to your sales job and now you're the sales guy who was on the bachelor who like went who skinny dipped in the pool or like you know did embarrassing things like is that who you want representing your sale like (laughs) representing your company you know what I mean like you have to think about that because people are going to google you and they're going to do all this stuff and it's like you kind of you really have to think about okay, yes, this will be fun. But like, what happens when the fun is over and you have to actually go back to a job? Are you going to be taken seriously or not?
3: Or even the fact that some of these people, like I was looking at the, the one guy with the long kind of emo-ish hair that looked like he was like from color. My,
2: my like, chemical like, romance. Yeah. He
3: like, he, and he didn't say like a word last night and he let, he got let go. And I was like, also that guy, if you look up, are you like, Yo, like he didn't even make it past the first round. There's no way I'm hiring him at this insurance agency, you know?
2: Yeah. Also, it's like, <laughs> who picked him?
3: <laughs> it is so bizarre, you guys. He's like they keep cutting to him. I kept laughing. Um, another guy I kept laughing at, but he made it was uh quartzite. Um, what's quartz quarter? Court uh quartz- oh, Courtney. Court Courtney, Courtney. Courtney did this whole thing where he was like, I quite love the quarter. Like he tried to make his all the cubes. Um but I didn't think he was going to make it through and he made it through. Um, also, we find out that it's weird to find any girl's taste out. Like there was one guy that she was like, Oh, he is extremely my type. And the guy was like, so clean. And there was like nothing, you know, uh, you know, when she turned around, she was like, one. that guy is so my, I think he was like potentially Asian a little bit.
0: I'm he, not sure. Like I can't remember. Like
3: just so clean cut. And she turned oh. around. And she was like, Oh my God, that is exactly my type. And I just thought that was so weird because he didn't really stand out at all. Stand
2: out. No, I don't know. I it's, it's interesting. I agree. It's interesting to see people's types and like who they're actually into because sometimes it's like a complete opposite of who they are, who you would expect.
3: Yeah, no, exactly. Um, so you guys, this leads up. She cuts these guys. There's no big drama. They all say goodbyes. But this is another moment where we miss the 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 gravitas of a Chris Harrison of mm-hmm. you know. We did, I think it was Caitlyn like this is the final rose. But you know that was the one thing I would say Chris Harrison did well was that yeah. I always like you know I got I got nervous a little bit when he would say that's you know the 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 this is the final rose. Um, and we didn't have that. It kind of was a little bit more lighthearted and I feel like it sometimes needs a little bit more of that. Not that they can't course correct, even though they filmed this entire season. Right. And they, they ended one week early on Katie's season. I don't know if that's, I don't know what that means, but they wrapped shooting a week earlier. Which is interesting. So I was like, did she just call it a day? Because we do see a scene in the preview saying, book my flight, whoever does it, book my flight. I'm out of here. That's literally me
2: like leaving Brooklyn trying to get back to Manhattan. <laughs> Book my flight, somebody <laughs> hand me my passport. Um, but
3: so,
2: I don't know what happens with that. That's it. I don't okay. What do you think? What do you think is the outcome of this? Do you think she picks someone?
3: Yeah, I do think she picks somebody. And I think potentially she knows a week beforehand and she watches that guy, potentially Greg Grip. I don't know. And I'm sure there's spoilers out there that I haven't read who already predict who already tell us who it is. But uh, I think she sees it. It's like putting one of these guys through such a mental anguish and she already knows. So she's like, let's just call it a week early. I I, I mean, because otherwise I think she would fulfill her obligation and she doesn't seem she seems very confident that I don't think she would have any problem going. It's none of you guys. It's that's a good you.
2: point. Yeah, that, that's a good point. I do think that she has that like um, that she would not feel bad about being like, you know what? I don't think this is it for me. But at the same time, I don't think she ends up with someone. I don't know. I have no idea. I have no. I have no clue about any spoilers or anything. But I have this weird feeling. I like to look at. Um, I guess b- because I talk about the show all the time, I really like to go in and look at their Instagram accounts and like see what they're doing. See so I don't what do they're any posting. of that
3: stuff because I'm just you know, it's like they're- that's really
2: there's different types of watchers like bachelor watchers. There's the people that like just watch the show and there's the people that watch the show and like to follow them on Instagram. And there's the people that watch the show, follow them on Instagram, read all the spoilers and like, do like go the extra mile. But I do like to follow them on Instagram, not follow them, but like see what they're doing and seeing what they're posting, because it says a lot about the people that are on the show. Like her, like, I feel like she's very much posting kind of like hot girl summer stuff. Like she's in San Diego with a bunch of people and she's here. Maybe it's, or maybe it's just because she like just got done filming and wants to see her friends, but like seeing some of the guys like posting, they're like at a pool party. And I'm like, you're not engaged or, you know, and then some guys are
3: silent. I mean, it's also like that, yeah, if you're at pool parties with a bunch of dudes like doing Hot Girl Summer, it's like unlikely that you're deeply in the kind of love that this show presents as aspirational of like writing poems to each other. And even this time that they have to spend apart because they're keeping it secret, you would think it would like be torture. You wouldn't be pool partying or or any of that kind of stuff. So that is interesting. It would be funny if she like looked at the camera and winked and said, see you on Bachelor in Paradise. Right.
2: And then, and then also on top of that, then you have the guys that like reshare everything that they're tagged in. So they're like, anytime somebody posts to me, all they're doing is posting bachelorette stuff. And to me, those guys, the ones that are only here for that, like Instagram clout, not here for the right reasons.
3: Yeah. I don't know.
2: It's very, I think it's very interesting. And if you do more of these like episodes talking about it, look into that because it's, it's, it's a different level of the show than um, just watching. Well,
3: it. that's when you know you're in too deep. And as as we honestly, I'm way a, too deep. We, as, well, I mean, as we start wrapping up, I just thought of this: has this kind of watching shows like this, and I wonder, girls and guys at large, has this affected how you lo- how your dating life works and how you look at at men and this whole process? Do these shows kind of seep into your subconscious in any way?
2: Um, I don't think they. I don't think so because, um, I think I've gotten to the point, like to the level of, or to the deepness into the show that (laughs) I have come back out up on top. You know what I mean? Like I see so far into it that I'm like, this is not how real life works at all in any aspect. Like I don't believe that these people are going on. They're finding these relationships. I mean, that sounds horrible. I love watching it. Don't get me wrong; I am one hundred percent huge fan. But there is a sense of like disbelief that I can't wrap my head around. And uh, for like the other parts of it, I just don't think like I would never date anybody in Bachelor Nation or on a reality show. If that, if that's, if that could be part of it, like that has definitely
3: changed my life I I mean I was on your Instagram and I saw you hanging out with I what I believe was a contestant from the Bachelor. I hang
2: yeah I hang out with all of these guys all the time I was just how do you how do you
3: yeah Scottsdale is another hub uh uh, Mm -hmm. for uh bachelor nation but I mean how do you not end up hooking with one of the up with one of these contestants like because you're hot. You, you have a couple drinks. Like why wouldn't you, or is it one of those things? It crosses a professional boundary. Cause you talk about it on a podcast.
2: Well, so I think I've developed a relationship with these people. It always kind of starts out as very much like business, very much want you on the podcast, this kind of vibe, but then we, re- then we end up becoming friends and yeah. I don't like to mix that sort of. Um, area personally. And um I also have developed like a they know that I would never exploit any of the stuff that they have told me. They have they feel very comfortable with me for being can't like being candid and doing whatever they want around me. And they know I'm not gonna be like, anyways, this week on The Bachelor, uh Spencer <laughs> did whatever. They know that I'm not gonna say any of that. Yes, you can't
3: get it up, everybody. Yeah.
2: Uh- right. And so there's a level, there's a level of trust, but um, it does help keep just like I'd rather just be friends with them. I don't want to date them. Yeah. I see, I see them living their life. Like we can't even go off to dinner without like somebody being like, can we get a picture with you? You're- That's oh, so uh- funny
3: that they're even, you know, like I sometimes wonder if I would notice or they would be just like, Oh, that guy looks familiar, but I wouldn't place it because I see so many contestants on the bachelor. You know, when we
2: were in Scottsdale, we were out to dinner and I was with um, Spencer Robinson, uh, Robinson, who's from, uh, who Tasha's season, yeah, yeah, and um, my friend Sarah Coffin who's from Peter's season, and these girls sent us a drink. They'd recognized me from the podcast, but they, um, we went up to say like thank you, and they're like, we just never get a list celebrities around here in Scottsdale, and I thought I was gonna projectile vomit. Like, <laughs> I was like, honey, <laughs> no, this is not. I was like, Spencer, cover your ears.
3: A like, list. I,
2: like, I was like, they cannot be hearing this stuff.
3: Um, uh, lastly, betches, yeah. betches, the bachelor, uh, that is the podcast go subscribe there. Is, uh, you know, it's you and two hosts, Jared, this guy, Jared, everybody tells me like, oh, you, uh, you remind me, remind me of Jared, which just means it's, you another, do. well, it just means it's another straight dude. Like that's all it means. I, I don't know, okay, but everybody yeah. says pay attention to this guy. So I noticed it was him on the podcast. And then another gentleman, what's his name?
2: Fat Carrie Bradshaw, Chris Burns.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but you yeah. guys have been doing this for a couple of years now.
2: Uh, so I started, I started hosting this podcast in 2017 with, um, Derek Payth, uh, who was on the show. He was on, um, Jojo season. He ended up getting engaged in paradise to, uh, uh, recently canceled Taylor Nolan and him and I hosted the podcast for a while up until like the beginning of quarantine. And then, uh, I brought Chris Burns factory Bradshaw on. And so him and I have been hosting this together since, uh, the beginning of 2020. And then we just brought Jared on this, uh, this current, or I guess, uh, Matt James season, we brought Jared on, but it, we had some good dynamic cause we have the what girl, we have the gay oh, that, and Matt we have James. the
3: bro. That is like a perfect kind of blend. Matt James. Also, what a snooze fest. What I just did not really The
2: season sucked because it wasn't about him. It, we, nobody knows know, anything about bad. I don't know
3: if he has, I don't know if there's a him there. Like, I don't even think he, there is a him besides just extreme good looks, you know?
2: I know. And I think I, I mean, I do know Matt James personally before he was on the show. Oh, I'm sorry. Is, I think he's amazing. Oh I just, no, I, I know, don't care at all.
3: I no, I just, what, he, what what I saw from him wasn't. Yeah, a lot.
2: no, it, it wasn't a lot. And that's what sucks because um, I think it was just so overshadowed by white girl drama. It was so I mean, there wasn't a there was no real storyline for him. It was all about Victoria. It was all about the girl entertaining men for money. It was all about these girls having hating each well, other yeah, or That's even the like then, about
3: then even towards the end it was like then Rachel Croconnell uh the, with the the posts and now now and then Chris Harrison yeah I mean yeah it, it is interesting it became about a something completely different so we'll see what the remainder of this season is like but go uh I'm sh- you guys already know betches betches is everywhere but there really are the premier bachelor bachelorette podcast so go listen to that because they will be breaking this down every week and she knows her shit like she really does know the she's naming names and I'm like I don't even know what you're talking about <laughs> right now so that is really amazing um i don't need to tell you to go support gap because you're already gonna do that uh, anyways what other things do you do we need to support you on your instagram is k york city yeah um i mean what 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 else is going on i'm
2: trying I mean, to think what else is going on am i literally nothing um uh you yeah just follow me at k york city on like any account um and then obviously gap we just launched uh one of our Yeezy line you should pre-order it it's gonna be dope um i pre-ordered finally, it get,
3: finally getting gap some of that way. finally we're getting kanye and gap some uh attention this podcast yeah. is finally doing it um and uh real quick who is the in your head who would be the winner after last night
2: Ooh, that's a good one um My favorite is Andrew S, the guy who had the British accent. I think he is so charming. I think that was was fun. Favorite? I mean, he's also Clay Harbor, who was on the show before on Paradise uh, as well. who's also rumored to be in Paradise coming up. He's Clay Harbor's husband or cousin. (laughs) I was like, husband? husband? That's amazing. (laughs) Uh, Um, Cousin, yeah.
3: When does Bachelor in Paradise premiere? Do we have any rumors on that yet?
2: Um, I. Don't remember if we have a bachelor in paradise air date yet. Uh, uh, I think well, we actually do.
3: Cause I know um, David Spade is going to be one of the guest hosts, which I'm really excited about. And cause that was oh, yeah. another thing they announced last week. Chris Harrison wouldn't be doing it. There's going to be a series of guest hosts. So I hope it is sooner rather than later. Cause that is like a mess of a actually, show we I do love.
2: have a date. It is August 16th bachelor oh, in paradise August
3: 16th rev your engines you guys um Kay, I hope you'll come on again because you really do know this stuff like the back of your hand this is so fun so if you ever need to uh to talk about other stuff come to this podcast first because you were just uh so amazing and uh guys go support her go subscribe to the pod and hopefully we will talk to you her again soon
2: great bye. thanks everybody bye
3: five four three two one how was that was that
0: Betches.